for another episode of Cigars with Marines. And uh, quick warning for all those civilians out there, this is not for you. <laughs> Turn off any kind of trigger warning you can possibly imagine. This is not for you. This is a show for veterans. It's a show for Marines with Marines in it. You know what happens. Shenanigans happens when you get one or more Marine in the same room together. So, uh, so that is your warning. And I'm joined here finally. We've been trying to make this thing happen for oh, a long man. time. Yeah. Uh, finally got this thing connected. Uh, thanks to Christina for kind of lining it all up. Yep. Um, she facilitated this for sure. Now, let me think of your introduction. Long time, absolute war killer, uh, fellow Marine, good buddy. We've deployed together. Um, absolute rock star, actually a rock star. And uh, my friend, Ben Fortier. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. Thanks so much for yeah. having me. This is right great. Oh, we, we shook uh, hands. That's, that's yeah. so, so polite. Absolutely. Very uh, formal here. So, so formal. With Marines. Yes. We had this conversation about doing the show about whew, like eight months or so ago. And um, we're, we're finally making happen. I'm, I'm very happy and proud to be working with Casey and his team uh, on Cigars with Marines. And well, is the smoking lamp lit? That, yes. Thank you. Uh, you know, that's a good tradition. Maybe... Maybe the the new person to the show says that phrase. Okay, I like that. There we go. So, we'll, we'll kick that off. The smoking lamp is lit, folks. If you're right. joining us out there with your cigar, that's it. I'm yeah, if you're the purist. If you're, oh, oh that's right. The Ben's a purist. My... Those listening, not everyone's watching us. Uh, we do have faces. At least I have a face made for radio. <laughs> so uh, that's okay. You don't need to. You don't need to see that on YouTube. But it is on YouTube. It's a lot of fun watching us we got a cool backdrop here at castro's in nashua new hampshire it's this old school cigar bar um the upstairs looks like my grandfather's house so it's just a really cool place and the cigars we're smoking today these are the hermitage these are the hammer and sickle hermitage well you know your know thy enemy right so yeah <laughs> so hammer and sickle. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> where are these from smoking like the cubans the, the, smoking the, the hermitage Soviet block over here? right right <laughs> yeah, i know yeah, they're they're old. They're they're back from the days of the USSR. Mm. So Hermitage number one, these are uh, these are out of out of Russia, Mother Russia, uh, fine cigar. This place is fantastic, by the way. Thank you, Castros, for hosting us here. We came up here. There were a couple guys up here, and they were joking around. Oh, there's a podcast coming in. We got to get out of here. Blah blah. It's like, yep, yeah, get out of here. But this place is perfect. So we thank you, Castros, for hosting us. These um. Uh, Downtown Nashua, man. Very cool. Very cool place. I'm from South Coast of Massachusetts, and I just love these old school, like, towns and stuff. You know, you got your, like, little downtown area. This is, like, right on, this is Main Street here? Yeah, Main Street, Nashua. Yep. Main Street, USA. Kind of thing. It feels like it, man. It really yeah. does. I love those yeah. old school town. It's nice. I like it. And, you know, it's very realistic. We're going to talk about uh, many things today. We're going to talk about old school times we have some stories we'll be able to share because uh, unlike some other guests i actually know you right yes we, we have we have stories that uh for better or worse we've actually uh seen <laughs> each other vouch, we can vouch for each other on some <laughs> yeah. of these or, yeah for, for better or for worse. exactly so you say something clever i'm gonna light more of this it's well a tradition that i take too long to light my cigar mm. on the show <laughs> i think the point of this program not only has it been Obviously, it's geared towards um, geared toward Marines and veterans and things like that. But the initial 
idea of, of having this program is to just kind of do a little bit of networking because you have yeah. a very successful podcast already yep. um, with your um, with your real world job yep. as a marketing professional. Right. right. Yeah. So um, Casey, ha if you're not familiar, Casey has a uh, hardcore marketing podcast and core is spelled C-O-R. P.S. Right. The only way to spell that. <laughs> Somebody correct me the other day. They, uh, I was telling people, hey, it's hardcore marketing. It's spelled like the Marine Corps, not the Earth Corps. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, yeah, yeah, but it's spelled with an S. He's like Marine Corps. Or, you know, he's like hardcore marketing. I was like, <laughs> dude, dude, do you not know English? Yeah. Do you not know the play on words either? Come on. Yeah, bro, no, he, he, he actually <laughs> didn't even know that the S was like silent. Oh, silent. Silent. So mm. I guess spelling for Marines, we should, I should send him a, <laughs> send him an MCI right, in right. the mail. Like this is how you spell it. But the, the point of this program, I think, um, was basically to kind of catch up with people and just kind of in, in, in your travels as a marketing specialist, uh, networking is huge. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's been uh, a way for, um, us to meet people and then kind of get them on the show and talk about their time in the Marine Corps, yep. but also really talk about the time as they've gotten out. And I think right. that a lot of people really um, uh, take advantage of seeing it's coming like right at yeah you. oh i'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and like hearing other people's paths and hearing their stories right i really uh liked the your conversation um the the most uh their first podcast cigars with marines uh your conversation with mark worcester i thought was yeah my school i, like I thought that was a fantastic conversation and yeah. uh, at first i was like oh this guy seems like a typical hard jarhead yeah. <laughs> but as he but as he kind of talked about like where he's been um, he's very well-rounded. Um, I, th I think that's fantastic that he's getting himself into uh, healthcare uh, and health and wellness through the cannabis industry. Yeah. That's a, a fantastic yeah. up-and-coming industry. Um, and well, you brought up a great point, right? Th this show, when we were talking about what do we want to do here, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, it's fun. And it's a mm -hmm. justification for uh, coming home late you know, for the missus and smoking a cigar. <laughs> I, I basically had it at that. Yeah, but um, but a little bit more. It's talking about the old times because I think what I miss, I think a lot of people miss, is mm. some of that just poking each other, talking about like making fun of each other, but sharing stories and yeah, sure boot camp stories, but what other things too. Like yep. you know, um, one of the will deployed to some island somewhere, right. and I was like, I didn't even know we go to yeah, islands. Yeah, I saw you know? the, I saw that image of that island. I was whoa like this is like yeah battle of midway like yeah. out in like the middle of nowhere and it's like this horseshoe island yeah it's but so no crazy. native women it was all the navy mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so, uh, so nothing to but uh, yeah so it's like talk these stories just shoot the shit you know oh by the way we swear if you're a civilian you're still listening to this <laughs> i told you not to but it's it's your fault now i mean but, we want to gear this a little bit towards some civilians uh, the do civilian, we though i mean the ones that because uh, Here's my thing is as veterans, we need to realize that we are, we have one foot in the military community and we also have one foot in the civilian community. That's a great friggin' point. We got to bridge gaps, um, especially when it comes to the, the, the military civilian divide. So I know that there's going to be civilians that are listening to this. I'm going to share it with some of them. Sure. So I don't want to completely... Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Well, 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 I mean, my mother. All right, and stuff true. like that. You're gonna, you're you know, gonna, my friends, Mrs. Forty. Are you gonna let Mrs. Forty listen to this? <laughs> she can I don't know if I. Hang. 
I can't swear anymore. No, you're right. like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. So take, <laughs> take some of those stories and make them G-rated. Right, it's right. Be hard. Right, it is hard. But you use, usually what happens is by the, uh, the second half of this thing, the, the cork's usually out of the bottle. Mm. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the cigar mm-hmm. is almost cigars smoked and the in, stories yeah. kind of get a little more <laughs> lurid by the time the, the thing starts. But yeah, so two, the two parts of this show is first part, let's tell stories. Let's talk about the old times. Let's talk about the fun we had, right? And the things that we appreciate. It's all good. And I think the joke was always people that tell boot camp stories are boots. Right. But then when you get out, they're kind of funny because I was talking with um, Frank and that episode's not out yet. It's coming out. It'll be okay. coming out soon before this one. Mm-hmm. And um, he was back in the day. Like, oh, really? you know, I joke with some of the other guys, they were back in the day. No, Frank, this is before the, you know, the digi uniforms and he was old school. And what was boot camp like for him? You know, and mm-hmm. I, and a lot more fun, I hear. <laughs> a lot more fun. Like getting abused. <laughs> we're yeah. getting, we're getting so what, your year, what years did he go in? I don't remember, dude. I was smoking a cigar. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you what years. It just went in one ear <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you got smoked away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we talk about the old school stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, and then to your point though, we're, we're bridging that gap. We, we, we've got a foot, you know, on the Marine Corps canoe and mm-hmm. then you got a foot on the shore, on the dock, mm-hmm. you know, like the civilian world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked to, talk to these guys and Marines and, each other about well, what'd you do when you get out you know mm. and um in some books we've already on had on here they had sound like they had some pretty squared away things that they got out yep. when i got out i was like drinking and playing video games for Same. a long time yep. but like talking about that but then eventually if you can find that next mission right i think mm. that's what that's what we need you know um because mm-hmm. it's such a cool mission when you're out there high speed low drag doing your thing right but then you come back and you maybe get some disability pay and you're sitting there and you're like okay uh, what do I do today? Now what? You know, now yeah. what? So yeah. we talk about the now what is the second part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, so welcome. Take, take me back. Yeah, welcome to the program. Well, uh, to take you back. Yeah, because I don't know if I've heard your stories, you know. That's true. That's yeah. true. And if we have, uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, well, for me, the military thing was always very appealing because of a sense of uh Feeling like, yeah, okay. So, was that you too? Yeah, it was okay. me too, okay. Yeah. So what, no one could tell, but this is, this is realistic. <laughs> Our monitors were kind of cutting okay, out. Okay, Marines bit. trying to deal with technology. Suddenly my right ear didn't work. And I was like, look, I was in mortar, so yeah. we both were. And mm-hmm. it's like, maybe I launched a few too many, you know? I'm like, oh shit, now's the time when my out. hearing, like not now hearing, <laughs> like give me a couple more years at this, but right. okay. We touched, I didn't even touch a button. I just pushed something. Yeah. Now so, we have a right. Sometimes when you have lots of wires lots and of things wires like that, and some, things, some things can yeah, get detached. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's cool, man. This is, a, this is a good opportunity for us to just kind of work through these things yeah. as they happen. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, military service was, was very appealing to me. And I grew up, I'm sure as you did, you know, watching war movies and being just fascinated with the idea of of service um yeah and, and i think um especially people who join the marines and especially people who join post-vietnam because one of the biggest differences that we have now is there's no draft everyone right. that's in the military is a volunteer so there's there's a certain element of conviction of i'm gonna join because i want to either make a difference in the world or i want to make a difference in myself and and, and all that stuff yeah, or not go to jail uh, we know those but stories. it's intentional yeah. to your point you're not getting you're not you're not 
falling into it, you, mm. you did something and you may have had a choice and, and you chose it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And especially, I think, um, for me, the reserves was a nice, uh, a nice option because, and a lot of, not a lot of people realize that there were, that there are Marine Corps reserves. Mm. They usually kind of just put the reserves thing into like the whole national guard camp and stuff. And there is a, a reserve element of the Marine Corps. And, uh, at the time that we joined, the op tempo was super high for reserve yeah. units. It didn't really matter who you were. No, yeah. it didn't at all. Like, but, but take me back. So you growing up in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and uh, um, what? Just in high school, you're like, what? Do you remember? Remember when you made that call to like? I think I was kind of going back and forth between, you know, Army National Guard doing like uh, military police and yeah. and also you know Marine Corps reserves. And I figured yeah. if I was going to join the Marines, I wanted to do combat videographer. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I thought I could make a career out of that. It's a cool idea, but they always make those guys wimpy on the, on the movies. You yeah. Know? Like <laughs> I watched some horror movie the other day. It's like a World war two horror movie mm-hmm. on the airplane. And Overlord. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but I, I heard <laughs> it looked really good. I'm not really a horror movie guy. I just want to shoot the things that are bad, but, um, <laughs> that's but, a JJ Abrams. Uh, his new yeah, movie. But yeah. That's the thing that I it was like war two. So I thought, okay, let me watch this. And, and, uh, so I got yeah. a combat camera guy in there and he's a combat like, camera guy man. with a, puts a flash. They, they get dropped the day before D day in like France and he puts a flash on his camera and he's like, let me get some good. <laughs> so that when, you know, Sergeant comes over and he smashes it or corporal mm-hmm. who'd been in the Italy campaign comes over and right. he goes, Oh, let me see that camera. That, that's a really cool camera. And you know, what's coming. He takes, he s- smashes it and throws <laughs> in the woods. The guy's like, what? Yeah. Of course the combat cameraman had another camera. Mm. Like, Damn it. So Pogue. No, but I mean, um, combat cameramen to me that were influential, uh, Dale Dye. I don't know if you're familiar with no. who Dale Dye. No, no, is. who's that guy? He is um he was basically famous um for his military advisory position and he was a little bit of an actor in that movie, uh, a platoon. Platoon. Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan. He did all the boot camps for that. He did. He oh. is the guy that made that movie feel realistic for when people like us are watching that and they're clearing jams and there's mortars going off. This is because Dale Dye, who was a legit combat wounded Vietnam bronze star, I'm pretty sure, highly decorated combat Marine uh, from Vietnam. He was a combat camera guy. And when he got out, um, shout out to Dale Dye. He's he's been awesome, dude. He's I've corresponded with him. Yeah, shout and, out, man. And um, he, if he if Strike you tell him, yeah, Dale Dye. <laughs> if you reach out to him and you tell him that like you're a Marine and like you, is he admire, a Marine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was Respect. a Marine. Respect. Um, Mustang. Should we interview him? Must do it. If we could interview <laughs> Dale Dye, that would be awesome. I mean, dude. To me, as a film geek and and as a movie nerd, Dale Dye is like. He's the shit. So, anyways. Okay, so you saw a lot of that stuff, and you, do you know about him before that, or? Um, I, I, it didn't at the time, but I, I knew that 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 kind of stuff had a profound effect on me. You know, right. growing up and consuming media that was geared towards, um, you know, Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, Platoon, right. Black it's Hawk tough. Down, the best dude. movies ever, dude. Some of these movies are just so fascinating in terms of like the human element of war in terms of like what the actual battles, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's tough to like 
Yeah. Because anyone who's in like a blood and guts field knows that it's moments of extreme boredom. Followed, followed Lots of by moments, moments yeah. by very brief but intense moments of terror. Right. And, but it's mo- mostly boredom. Mostly. Mostly yeah. extreme boredom and trying to find a way to survive that. Yeah. Stay, stay uh, like sane in the board. Right. Yeah. And, and if you're in the combat arms, trying to stay sharp enough to be able to, if somebody all of a sudden ambushes you or something, to be sharp enough to react appropriately. Right. It's like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Downtown. That's when, yeah, exactly. You're you got to be awake, man. Red Bull probably saved my life Ooh. millions of times. Yeah. Thanks, Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> and uh show is sponsored by. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome. Hey, Red Bull veterans, come on, man. Sponsor mm. us. But, okay, so. Um, so, Congrats influence- cameraman. Okay. And, yeah. That that seemed very appealing to me, but How'd when I went to the recruiter, that's so here's <laughs> so yeah exactly so here's the thing uh, as we as we want and see ourselves uh, doing certain things, um, I went to the recruiter and I said, hey, I'd like to do combat camera, and they said that they only offered that to active duty, and huh. I didn't want to do active duty. I wanted to go to college, right. So that to me was a priority to do the part-time thing. So that way I could go to school. Yeah. Makes sense. Get some, get some, get that G that sweet GI mm-hmm. bill, which actually got way better after the fact. Did it? Yeah. Okay. They actually just rolled out a brand new uh, yeah. GI bill program. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks to our boy, Pat Murray. who's a hey. big wig up in the VFW. Shout out to Pat. Shout out to Pat. Big wig up in the VFW. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So he helped to roll Roast out. the ranks. Yeah. Yep. So, um, God, Ray. I feel like I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> Thank you that's what for reeling do, me in, man. That's what we but, do, um, man. I, I'm, yeah, that's you're a great host. Oh, you're thank, a great oh, host. Oh, thank you, sir. You are, you thank are you a sir. great host. $20 later every time. <laughs> yeah. Slipping you a little. People don't know. I get a compliment. I pay out $20. No, I don't. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, so we ended up infantry because the reserves offered that. And I didn't want to do motor T because I wanted to, yeah, no thanks. I wanted to get in the shit. Yeah. You know, at the time I was like, you know what, man, if I'm going to do the Marine Corps thing, I want to be surrounded by like-minded fucking grunts who want to be in the shit. And this was 2005. So nine 11 had basically kind of just happened. Yeah. Um, it didn't sway me. It didn't push me to more to join right. it just kind of added to that conviction yeah it was like it gave me a new mission of like let's go kill those fucking bad guys now you got a target right yeah they have names and they yeah. wear towels and let's do this thing mm-hmm. yeah so we kind of it, it's, it's nice to kind of have a mission in that uh regard but when we it, it and it's funny because the things that you think of you know after 9-11 you're angry you hate you know a certain group of people or something and thankfully it's it's nice to be able to digest that after the fact and realize that well you know it's more complicated than that it's way more complicated than just people that came over from saudi arabia or whatever the fact uh may be um but you know i think that there is a that there was a lot of rage that the entire country felt yeah so but to your point you know i mean i had a good buddy i went to college first i did everything wrong don't listen to me anybody <laughs> <laughs> i guess we all if we get into the marines you did something wrong right mm-hmm. um right in that case right, but yeah. you know one of the things we're, we're good at is um maybe just by the training is that there isn't really that racism in the marine corps like we all bleed green and yes. you're around all these people and you make 
jokes and we're all just, but at the end of the day, you know, you're counting on someone. You don't give a shit what color they are, what, right. what their background is, from. their economic, yeah, you know, stature. how many times was I covered by someone who's in the Crips and the Bloods and mm-hmm. then, you know, like, I don't even care, but we're just like all there. So exactly. that was one of the cool things, but okay. So you, um, so you wanted to do infantry. I totally get that because it's like, you can join the air force. Why not be a pilot? Mm-hmm. You're going to join the Navy. I don't know. Why not be a, I don't know. I don't be on a ship or something. Be on a yeah, ship. The yeah, typical, yeah. Join like the Navy, what you think ship. of. Yeah. yeah. Go join the Marine Corps. Might as well join the infantry. If you're I guess. not pulling triggers, what are you? What are you? <laughs> but little do you know, it's cool. And then you realize, you know, when you're on a drill or something, or you're on a mission, you're the one sleeping in a a cot if you're lucky, or an isomat mm. on the you know on the ground in a weird position and mm-hmm. getting eaten by creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas admin might be back in their you know in their fob somewhere, you know, yeah, having having three chows. It is not a glorious life. Not a glorious life, but you made that choice. You do. And that's the thing is I, that I like the fact that our drill instructors, when we went to boot camp. So here's a getting back to, you know, origin stories here. Yeah, or, yeah origin stories. I joined yes. with a friend, Mark Lorentz. You're out there somewhere out on the West Coast, raising a family and everything. Miss you, buddy. Up, he was very convicted. Uh, we together were like wicked. Like we were the military dorks wearing camo around high school and shit yeah. like that and sneaking around at two in the morning, pretending that we're out on an op and stuff like that. You Question. Know? Did you get the tap before boot camp? The tap? Tat. The tat. Did you oh, get like no, no, a no, no, Marine Corps tap no, before boot God, camp? No, no. Because no. we know what happens to people that Oh, tell, yeah. Right? Oh, there was at least oh, one in your oh, platoon, oh, huh? Oh, you in the Marines now, boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> right, right. Not yet, sir. <laughs> Not yet. No. Okay, so. but you were really motivated. You just you feeling that vibe and yeah, man. And, charged up. and it was very it, for me. It was, was going to be a difficult decision because I'd never done anything like that before. I didn't really play team sports. Um, I was not super athletic. I was really more into like arts and writing and and uh, music and stuff like that. So to me, the Marine Corps was super intimidating, super fucking intimidating. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? If I can get through this then I prove something not only, you know, Mm. to the world, but to myself that I can overcome these types of challenges. So for me, Mark being there, he was very hardcore. Like he was, he became a squad leader like (laughs) almost right away, a super athletic, like football player and all this stuff. So he really helped drag me through boot camp when I was having really oh, guys hard same times. Yeah, dude. Oh, shit. oh buddy yeah, program. Great. Buddy program, same platoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So I that made that. it very, very, I uh, wouldn't say easier. No, but you got me. somebody you, you know going in. Exactly. That, I could look across yeah. the squad bay and see a familiar face and be reminded of home right. and be reminded of the fucking reason why I'm here. Right. You don't need to write a letter to get that sort of mm-hmm. like that connection with someone. That's cool. Yeah, That's man. cool. So, um, so what about you? I mean, I feel like um, you're usually the one doing the interviewing. Uh, like, let's hear your story a little bit. Um, a sorted story, but by the time I get to boot camp, um, I, you know, I, I kind of did it backwards, like I was saying. So I went to college and <clears throat> I was a technical recruiter. So not that kind of recruiter. I was like trying to hire people for these tech jobs Coding and stuff. stuff. Like yeah. That. Okay. And it was cool. It was kind of a hunt. You like call people up and like, Hey, you want a new job? And they're like, uh, uh, hold on a second. And you hear them like put the phone down and like slowly you know, walk outside their cube to like the kitchen. Be like, <laughs> what do you got for me? And like whispering. I'm yeah. like, Hey, you know, I'm hiring where my company's hiring. Uh, <laughs> but um what was what was cool about that was you know you, you were in the chase and everything was different but 
I kind of felt like ah, there's something missing. Mm-hmm. In the end, it was really boring. And so um, my dad was in the military. My, both my grandfathers in the military. We kind of grown up in a, I mean, he was a Air Force officer. So we'd grown mm-hmm. up in like a military house, not like super strict. It wasn't a Marine Corps officer. I would be a different kind of person. <laughs> he, he was in the yeah. Air Force, you know. And, More uh, chill, but still some discipline. Yeah, right. for sure. Especially with the for officer sure. field. Right. They don't take just yeah. anybody and make them into officers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he'd also been in the Navy uh, prior to that. Oh, okay. He actually went from Navy to the Air Force so he could stay at home with a family. Right. You know, I was actually born when he was on a ship somewhere. Wow. So he got like a, this is old school, he got a telegram saying, it's a boy. No kidding. Yeah, like a tele- t- like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a boy, stop. It's a boy, stop. What should we name him? Hey. Um, and so I kind of always grown up around that. It was like a foregone conclusion. I was going to do something sometime. Mm-hmm. I just never had the opportunity. And this, and you know, kind of on a whim, I was like, well, I mean, let's talk to people. Mm-hmm. And you probably can relate to this. The army's like, oh yeah, come on. Hey man. Like they're all chill. Like, Hey man, uh, mm-hmm. we'll give you like 40 grand. And I didn't even know what that is at that point. You right. know, 40 grand. Like you don't even know. You're like, I, I kind of know what couple hundred dollars feels, feels like. like yeah i know what a thousand dollars feels like because like the car payments are expensive but you don't know what 40 grand is so it's not even that real but he's like i'll give we'll give you 40 grand mm. you can choose whatever you want and we'll guarantee it mm-hmm. and all this stuff like, oh okay cool and then the air force was like oh here, here's what we do a little bit less money but here's what we do we like do anything you want mm-hmm. i didn't even talk to the marine corps <laughs> recruiter no i didn't even talk okay. to them because they're crazy to your point yeah right and i'd watch those marine corps commercials growing up with like the chess dragons and, and the ch- dragons yeah, yeah. yeah. and so flaming sword. but they're like these crazy crazy guys a few good men i mean come on yeah. right so um it was marketing actually and i'm in marketing right so it's kind of funny um I, I heard free helicopter rides uh at saint a's a nearby college okay i thought hell yeah i'm gonna fucking helicopter let's do this mm-hmm. so i just show up and i get in the front seat i was like a huey or something like that mm-hmm. but it was a front seat with the pilot it was a female pilot oh, okay this is cool so she's flying she's like hey get on in and not in the back either in oh, the shit. front right like with in the, the pedals cockpit? in the cockpit Whoa. of this huey landing on a quad of a college yeah and it was like all right this is legit. Rad, and then you're yeah. flying all around the cities and towns you know and seeing that from above you're just like this is so cool mm-hmm. No idea, but that was the Marine Corps. Okay. Right? Okay. They didn't even they didn't even advertise it like that. That was just like it's so somehow I'm on their list now. So they call me in mm-hmm. and I eventually go meet with them and they had said things like, Oh, okay. Hey, uh, well, first of all, we've looked at you. We don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like out of shape. I was just yeah, I was just doing the, the civilian job thing. Yep. You know, and so we don't want you. Oh, that was the last part. No, the first part was like we're not going to give you any money. Mm-hmm. We're not going to guarantee you really anything. Um, and we don't want you. Right. I was like, <laughs> and so something about that, I was kind of like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, you don't right. really know what do yeah. I can, I can do this. It's a challenge, man. Mm. So like cue the Rocky theme song, sure. like, final countdown, you know? And, um, that summer I just sort of ran my ass off around the track in the local high school and slimmed it down awesome. and eventually met up with the crew. And they're like, Oh, Okay. This might work. Wow. This might work. And and we just kind of kept going and and eventually it was like, okay, let's do this thing. There's a lot of different things, but eventually ended up in boot camp. I think I was telling Frank in the last episode, I I may have been given a few free drinks at the airport on flying down to boot camp, right? 
Okay. So I, I mean, I was older, right? A lot <laughs> of everyone else was like drink, yeah. 17, 18, 19 mm-hmm. or whatnot. I hear I'm like 23 or something. That's old for, I know, I know. For when you're I paid for surrounded it too. by 18 year olds. Called me the old man in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. all instantly. Mm-hmm. As soon as we learned about Smedley Butler, that was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So your, your compatriots in, yes. in your platoon were yes. calling you that. My, my friends, my amigos. Were you the scribe immediately? Because you had the, because <laughs> you had the degree? Who, who told you? So oh, dude, everybody that has a degree. <laughs> Lined up, basically described. You know, uh, in the squad bay, and these guys, you know, you're just in this blur, and and you're just responding, and so, and they're like, "Has anyone been to college? Yeah, mm-hmm. has, has anyone been to college? <laughs> you know." And then, like my hand goes up, I'm the only one. The only one, yeah. <laughs> I'm the only, I'm the only weirdo that's like there after college, and uh, um, they're like, "Good, you describe." <laughs> well, I don't even know what that is, but right. like, you're it, which yeah. which was which was an interesting job to have, but I guess it kind of gave me a little bit of something to do, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, throughout. And they actually, I was gonna say, they actually kind of took it. I felt like they took it easy on me, maybe because there are a bunch of other fuck ups around there. They got to fix yeah. first. Cause I would, I just do what you said. And I just, you know, you said scream. I'm like, ah, I'll scream <laughs> as loud as you want. Like I need to go to the bathroom, like slam, 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 do whatever you got to do. Mm. Um, but, but this, it was like the third, the third part i think it's like three parts right it was the third part when i i felt like they almost had a meeting we're like okay things are going well how about scribe he's kind of a bitch like let's let's (laughs) Let's crank it up on him i just remember being like huh i feel like i got the heat Mm. that third phase and uh but it was cool i'm glad they did yeah i think everyone kind of unless you're like the major fuck up of the platoon everyone nobody skates through boot camp nobody and, and, and I love David Goggins, um, his idea of like, if you're going to go to like boot camp or if you're going to go to special forces selection or something, don't fly under the radar. Get in there and get your yeah. shit kicked in. Get your shit yeah. kicked in because you know what? When you get out into the real world, you're going to want that discipline. Well, you're going to want yeah. that hardness. You're going to want that yeah. ability to be flexible. It's true. Like technically skating actually can hurt you because they're just trying to get you in shape and get you ready to square it away mm-hmm. so you can you can kick butt and survive right but i gotta be honest like initially i'm just oh yeah i was you, all about skating you're just not even skating <laughs> just trying to like Fine. stay under the radar yeah. right so yeah. good on david but like that guy's messed up like i'm just like trying not to get called out so it's kind of mm-hmm. funny you got I, you know i got singled out and like, oh yeah um and i think i shared this before but i got kidnapped um third phase of boot camp by some random drill instructor okay so from another platoon another platoon i think yep. it's the same company okay like and the same like squad bay area or yeah. whatever so you didn't go too too far when yeah. they kidnapped you yeah he basically put me in the van and we drove to some other squad bay and i was at the uh, quarter deck getting smoked but solo with another no one squad. to save you though the other yeah no one to save exactly <laughs> no, no senior drone no senior come by <laughs> that's like, enough stop, that's stop. enough yeah, stop yeah. stop <laughs> no, none of that. And I'm like, oh, no one knows I'm here and right. no one cares about me here. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, so I'm just going to kill so you. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And this, this squad, they're doing like mail where they're like clean. They're just reading. It's like their free right. time. It's their downtime. Their downtime. They're just sitting chilled. on their boxes, you know, <laughs> and I'm getting just like, like smoked. Oh, I love that. At the front. I love that, and, dude. Uh, and they're all looking at me like, who's this guy? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yep, some that was other me. bald recruit, man. That was me. Like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we want to smoke the scribe, but uh, we can't do it near seniors. So let's go ahead and uh, take <laughs> him someone away. else to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, wonder if they, I wonder if the drill instructors had a meeting of the minds and they were like, 
hey, Staff Sergeant, blah, blah, blah. Why, why, do you, why don't you get recruit Cheshire and get him, get him, get him a hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just break him off a little bit. And then she would be like, not too hard, guys. And right, then right. you'd be like, oh, okay, I know what to do in that situation. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to give it to my counterpart over here who doesn't even mm-hmm, know him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Clever. do you ever remember uh, figuring out, like, vocabulary throughout that? And, like, how to talk like a Marine? Yeah, they they had their words for everything, words for everything. ink stick and globine yes. and all that yes. shit. I remember trying those words out and I accidentally told the senior drill instructor, like, as you were. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my I God. thought it, I, I, I was trying to say like, 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 as you were. <laughs> no, I was trying to say, I don't know what I was trying to say. I was like, uh, like, I, like, like, okay. Like, is this a good way of saying okay? No, it's not a good way of saying okay. And I was like, as you were, and he looks at me, he's like, boy boy, what did you say to me and i was like ah uh nothing (laughs) run away yeah run away so yeah okay so uh boot camp how how was anything memorable stand out for you because we got a whole career to talk about here but anything anything fun anything uh paris island right east coast yep paris island yep yep um went down there with mark um i don't know man i think uh like you I tried to do my best to kind of stay out of the the glaring eye, the the Sauron's eye of the drill instructors, if you how, will. How man. accurate is that Sauron's dude, eye, dude? I feel like it's pretty accurate, and it was like, dude, and throughout boot camp, I don't think anybody anybody gets away from getting the heat turned up on them at least for a week or two. Yeah. So, man, um. Boot camp was uh was is it is it vague? It's just your is your brain maybe you just you're so hardcore that you just remember the fields, man. You just remember deployments, but nice. you, anything stand out? Any like uh, any 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 uh any blue light watches you had to do, or anyone run away from your platoon? Run away? <laughs> I think we had somebody. Maybe just my company that had all the things happen to it. Yeah, didn't you have some guy who like hid in like a porta john or something, and they didn't? I got a guy that got off the island. One of my guys. Whoa. He got off the island. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. But we had to, the thing was that you had to like stand watch now. Right. So now there's like two guys on fire watch, and now mm-hmm. there's two more guys on blue light watch. And mm-hmm. you're like, dude, you just with your self centeredness now, right. like two more people don't get sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. that that I think preps people too, though, for the the field, if you will, and for deployments because that's real, man. Like we, I mean. I don't want to jump around too Shoot much, but on horn, our deployment, yeah. on our deployment, we had somebody who ran off post. Do you oh, remember? Yeah. And there was, dude, it was we like. Talk, get into the field now. We're now we're in the unit and whatnot. So, yes. yeah. So, so boot camp was whatever, man. Like yeah. it was, it was just kind of, I, I think. As salty. Kinda, too salty even. Remember too salty. Stories. Yeah. No, I mean. Nothing? What, Nothing? What? You got no boot camp stories? You're just, you're just, you're just straight. Dude, I had. You're, you're hardcore. I had. A, no, I mean. I, I had challenges, man. And it's not to say that um, I think everybody has challenges. For me, yeah. the biggest challenge was when they turned up the heat on me. Uh, when did they, they do and that? They realized um, about halfway through. Okay. About halfway through, they, they realized I wasn't getting enough attention and, and started <laughs> to. Soran's eye. Yeah, dude. Soran's eye focused on me. For me, the obstacle course was a big ass kicker. Yeah. And I got very soft, girly hands. <laughs> That Look at I those hands drive all the time. If you're listening on <laughs> podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. You need to get on YouTube and get look at his soft, girly hands. Look, look at those at my, moisturized. They're so moist. They're like so glistening moist. right now. So I, dude, my hands got <laughs> torn apart. Wow. Wicked bad blisters, like mm. super open sores and stuff. 
And once they realize, and they, we had um, this stuff called new skin. I don't know if you remember that or if you used it. It Basically it was like this stuff that you would apply on like kind of open wounds and it would like kind of callous it over. So here we were, my hands were torn up from the (laughs) rope and stuff like that. And here we were like, we knew that soft hands. I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah. So we like the next day or whatever, like we were hitting the obstacle course again. So I was like, here I was like in like the bathroom, my hands are like shaking, I'm in like so much pain. Here's this kid like applying this new skin stuff on my hands. And it's like, dude, no, we were going right back at it, man. And I think one time, I don't remember exactly the course of events, but I like pissed off the drill instructor or something or like did something where like they were going to leave me alone because my hands were so torn up. Right. And then I pissed off the drill instructor and then they quarter decked me like with my like open sores. (laughs) They didn't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. Yeah. Love it. I mean, yeah, there were aspects Dude, basic warrior training kicked my, what was that? That was, um, that whole week between, I think it's the week leading up to the crucible. Crucible week. Okay. So it's the week leading up to it. Yeah. Um, and that's when you do like your, um, like your combat oriented stuff, like your turkey peeking over the walls and you're doing like the, the crawling through the mud and stuff like that. Dude. Oh yeah. The mud. So that was like that and, machine gun fire overhead. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was neat. Oh, but yeah, that would not be neat with uh messed up hands, man. Yeah. So dude, but I was oh, so God. broke off like that whole week. I don't <laughs> know if I was sick or just, I see why it's a blur for stuff. you now. Yeah. yeah. You're like trying to forget like, oh, yeah, that was man. Rough. I, I tried to push some of that stuff. In, in, in the recesses of my right, memory right see it's, it's surfacing now this is marine corps therapy with cigars mm-hmm. uh you know when you mentioned your hands though i did have one incident that now just it's resurfaced um you remember the rappel tower mm. um i had one of those you know they give you gloves and you yep. slide down this rope fast rope down right mm-hmm. uh so i'm fast roping and those gloves are actually important yes. you kind of need those to yes. be good um they don't need to be new but you don't need holes in them. And I had a gigantic <laughs> hole in one of my gloves uh, for the fast roping. And by the time I got to the bottom, there was like no skin on part of Ooh, my hand. Yeah. So not as much as your hands, I'm sure. But I just remember, and then it's like, okay, good. Keep going. Like, it's not like, oh, mm-hmm. pause. Mm-hmm. This is not the Coast Guard here, people. <laughs> Shout no, out, hey, Coasties. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just remember being like, oh, okay, I guess I just got to like continue now. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, like t- the typical stuff that like people talk about, like the gas chamber didn't, didn't affect me at all. Like I thought I breezed through that. I felt, um, I think everybody kind of has their own thing. Everybody has a thing where you will go to boot camp right. and you will just hit a wall. Yeah. Proverbially or, or literally you will hit a wall. Yeah. Like it, yeah. some kids in swim qual, mm-hmm. stuff like that. swim qual yeah. for some people repelling. I feel like I excelled at that. My drill instructor was actually like, Oh, 40, you're actually good at something. <laughs> but shout out to my high school because we had like a repelling tower uh, at my high school. So I had done repelling before. So oh, a little bit yeah. of, you know, a little bit of experience went a long way, but, right. but yeah, I mean, I think that for all of you who are interested in joining the Marine Corps, um, oh, we we're at pulleys listening. Yeah, pulleys, why okay. not? You're Welcome. future Marines. Welcome, pulleys. Future Marine pulleys. Don't um, go get a tat before. <laughs> do not do that. Yeah. Uh, the, but um, I think everybody's when when they join when you go to boot camp, you're gonna have a moment or two or a phase or a sequence where you're gonna hit the wall, and yeah. you just gotta. 
that's when that's when the rubber meets the road yeah that's when you find yourself that's when you realize what you're made out of right. it's not the, the stuff that you float through right it's the shit that makes you you know you're forging you're getting forged under pressure and, yeah. and, and, and hard weapons get forged with great pressure and great great heat right so i remember learning to take care of myself mm. you know um i think you know if you go to work hungover in the civilian world probably not a good idea it's mm. not good career advice i don't think <laughs> um i don't condone this uh but it, that's not like you're gonna you know it's not gonna, it's not gonna necessarily hurt you um unless you're some extreme like you're you're actually messed up and you go into work and you work with something that's dangerous like a mm. kitchen or something mm. but it's not really that hazardous but i just recall being like man i gotta make sure i get sleep i gotta make sure i drink water mm. and i was like afraid of going tits up and being a heat casualty dude uh i was just because this was summertime pounds. when did you yeah. when did you when did you summer. go yep. summer so i think we were right i think you might have been like the series after me or something i think so. we went very close i think so at yeah. the same time when did you graduate I was like June to August or something. Okay, so I was um, you were June to August. I was June to September. Okay. So, uh, or I don't know. I'm yeah, smoking. You must have been June to, but you were um, September ish. Yeah, so you graduated probably a week or two right after around the same me. Time. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it was South Carolina. It's yeah, hot. super hot. I passed out. Did you? I was in. I was. Oh in my the god! Chow you were heat casualty. No, no. Oh, I mean, oh, well, I was. If you're in the chow line, it's okay. I was in the chow line. <laughs> it was super early. It was for a breakfast. Yeah. Um, and we were all fucking. You know how they like nut to butt you like, when you're in the chow line. <laughs> yeah. You're like fucking like, like get in there right get, next. It's get, like sardines. Get in that room, dude. All I remember yeah. all of a sudden is like I started feeling like wicked bad vertigo, oh, and geez. then all of a sudden I wake up and like the drill instructor's in my face. He's standing over me. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> So they sat me up. I was just super dehydrated. You right. know, and I just got back into formation. And ate, oh, and oh good. So you didn't have like no, 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 no. Oh, good. That nope. saved you, man. Because, you know, they mark people. Nope. Did you hear about that? They they'll, do. They'll mark you. They'll make your uh, T-shirt, have lines on it. And then you're like marked as that. And they always threaten to like stick thermometers in weird places. Yeah, and the silver bullet. The silver bullet, man. I, so and that, that always a rectal thermometer. It's always. Never, never orally. I mean, it's like 2015 or yeah, whatever right. it was, and 2006 or ish. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So that fear mongering was good though, because every night I remember drinking a whole canteen oh, of water it. by yep. myself. Just no one told me to. I just remember being like. No, this is the least I can do. So getting back to what you were saying, you learn to find self-preservation yeah and outside Take of the drill of instructors help because yeah. i mean the drill instructors are there to guide you and everything right you know when they're pushing water on you and shit i think they want to they have the idea in the back of their mind that like okay they're gonna try and just do this shit themselves and be autonomous to a certain degree to hydrate to yeah. stretch out yeah. to blah 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 you know if you're doing a workout and stuff to get limber and stuff i think the fitness program was okay it was okay. It was yeah. okay. I think uh, I got more out of uh, infantry school. I think infantry school is a bit harder. Okay. Um, like physically. Yeah. Um, and boot camp was more of like that mental challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Though I will say I lost like 30 pounds or something. Wow. Yeah. Which, which was funny for swimming. Cause I remember I was great at swimming, but when I got in because I was like fat and then I could float everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then when you lose all that, 
like I got this swimming thing. It's no big deal. And then you go to try to swim. You're like, oh, nothing's keeping me up. You know, <laughs> buoyancy is like, different. Practically yeah. drowning at swim qual and stuff like that. What but, did you get up to? Like level three just the or second whatever. One, so I was like yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until we got it out and I threw on some pounds that I could actually get to like Q or something. Yeah, dude. I remember when we were yeah. doing a drill one day. Yeah, that and was they it. They brought us to that school and you were there like all night. All dude. night, man. They Swimming did like um. Night. Was that level one? No, beyond that. After oh, like, one like, is Q. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you got Q qualified. I did. Or yeah, because nice. I was so big, man. I, I bulked up and I had I had some buoyancy, so it was easy. Mm-hmm. Asked me to do that in boot camp, I would have died. Sure. But then the funny part was we had to drive. Right, I was a driver, so I had to drive the Humvee after a full day of swim qual. Like, <laughs> uh, must have been. Games. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so um, shot. boot camp was a thing. You graduated, and so uh, off cool, to yeah. infantry school. Off to infantry school soon after. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. Obviously, yeah. and you gave so, us some freedom, right? You got a little freedom. A little bit. Of, I had a libo taken away because I pissed off one of the instructors or whatever. But I think that was kind of. Part yeah. of the course the me- mental game eventually yeah. you're gonna piss somebody off yeah um i would say infantry school was a nice taste of like the fleet yeah. i mean it's weird because when we as reservists talk about the fleet it's always such a different experience because back then reservists were getting mobilized whether you're going out on a float or whether your unit was getting mobilized like so the fleet life for reservists is, is much different than, yeah. than active duty but one of the nice things that we, when we talk about reserves is we were able to, I don't know about if, if you realized this at the time, but we were able to guarantee our jobs. Ooh. So um, reservists, if you're going infantry and you specifically want to be a machine gunner, you, that could be put in your contract. I don't know if you realized nice. that at the nice. time, but um, I actually went from ass- assaultmen to mortars. Why? Um, I think it was one cool of those, rockets versus I know dude, I wish and I don't think assaultman's even an MOS anymore. It's not, I don't think yeah. Yeah, I think they got rid of that. They got because, drones for that shit now. Right. Or or combat engineers, they basically right. do the same fucking thing. Right. So, um I, I was a little disappointed. I didn't I didn't see the appeal of mortars. I knew what mortars were. I was like, uh, handheld artillery, that's stupid." super fucking cool i love the mortar training i thought it was was, super cool it was cool yeah yeah it was cool um it it was different right Mm -hmm. you're still infantry but you had this uh this thing of course it was heavy though you had to lug it around everywhere with the with the 81s 81s, so did you hike with um the 81s on your 20k hell yeah yeah i think we were one of the last um like phases do that anymore they do not do they stopped doing that like a year or two after we got out week or they're probably just losing too many tubes down, yeah probably down people valleys. throwing bipods off their truck yes sir uh, <laughs> we lost another tubes <laughs> damn it those tubes cost 20 grand <laughs> right right so um yeah for those of you who don't know um in infantry school you did a 510 is it 510 20 yeah i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah yeah so your initial 5k hike was just like a quick like conditioning hike right and then you did your 10K, and then you did a 15K with the 60 millimeter mortar system, which is manageable. Manageable. That's manageable. Yeah. But fine. once they got the 20K with the 81s, is oh boy, yeah. you're going to start hurting. You're going to start hurting. And none of it's convenient, nope. right? Barrel's not easy to carry. doesn't fit in your pack. Um, base plate nope. kind of fits on top of it, but not really because it hits you in the head. Mm-hmm. The bipod doesn't really fit anywhere. So none of it fits wasn't designed to be carried no but you carry it yeah that that actually that 20k was um 
pretty epic for me. I remember yeah. it, I remember it because it was raining. Mm. I was broke off. Mm-hmm. Like just, you just putting one foot in front of the other, That's just it. going, you know? And I remember it was, there was tents. I think we either put them up or they were there. And I remember me and this other guy, we just like got in the tent. That was it. Yeah. We, I don't remember <laughs> like somehow they're like, you can lay down now. It wasn't right. like, Ooh, let me change out of these wet clothes and get in a sleeping bag. It mm-hmm. was like me and tent lay, <laughs> lay down. And then immediately sleeping or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then, Oh, fire wash. <laughs> oh, right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. That. that was, a, it was, it was interesting, but there were some, some of those guys that like you get, you don't want to get stuck in SOI. No. And there was these guys that hadn't got picked up or they got mm-hmm. injured. Mm-hmm. And I also got a chance to see like the not so good side of the training. I guess it's people that weren't really Marines yet, or they were Marines, but they were stuck in this weird purgatory yeah, thing. Yeah. That SOI was purgatory. And you wanted to get picked up by a training group and just go. Right. But right. there were people that were like hiding their wall lockers and play games and not mm-hmm. want to, it's like, that's not the real Marine, like getting child and going to the internet center and then, skating all day that's boring so yeah. as soon as it got picked up it was cool i mean yeah it was fun but uh i like the idea that they kind of split it up and that like your first few weeks you're getting like basic infantry training and then you change over to your specialty like if all right all machine gunners are going to now learn you know the golf and the 50 cal and the mark 19 all the mortar guys are going to spend a couple weeks on the 60s and then a couple weeks on the 81s all the assault guys are going to learn how to use the small and how to plant charges and stuff. So I thought it was, it was really solid training, man. Like when you're doing infantry training with the Marine Corps, you know that you're getting like some of the best, even, even at the most basic level, Yeah, you're getting some of the best infantry schooling in the world Yeah, easily. So, I mean, infantry school had some high speed stuff, a little bit, some side, some high speed bit. stuff. I think the assault it's foundational. Kinda, yeah. It was super yeah. foundational. Yeah. You know, you wanted to go to like your more advanced courses if you yeah. wanted to get like, you know, uh, infantry squad leaders course. I never did any of that stuff, but um, you know, they had like advanced mortar platoon courses and stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah. Infantry training. School. So then away you go after your unit. Yeah, man. So um, I got out of infantry school in like November and then checked into 125. And as soon as we checked in, I remember very clearly some staff sergeant was like, you know, we're getting deployed, right? And I was, and Is that I, when you heard? Is that when you heard? No, I had heard in infantry you, school, actually. Oh, you already heard? In infantry, I, knew okay. we, I knew that 1st Battalion, 25th Marines was deploying to Iraq when, inf- when we were infantry school. So get this, I was in yeah. line. Uh, I was doing some medical thing or something like that. At and the I, unit? Uh, in, in SOI. SOI, okay. So in SOI, I was doing some medical thing. I was in line with a guy, and it was all reservists. So I knew it was like me and like three other people. Yeah. So I knew that the other person next to me was a reserve guy. Yeah. So this was a split reservist. I don't know if you remember what that is, but like you'd go to boot camp, then you'd go home, and oh. then you'd train, mm. you'd train with your unit. And you hadn't gone to SOI yet. Yeah. And so he had been to 125 already for like three or four months or whatever. Oh. And they kind of gave him like, um, okay. kind of like on the job training. Right. right? I remember and those then guys, they yeah. sent him to SOI. I think this was like a certain contract. That basically. sounds worse, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do that training Getting up home front. And just do it like, up front. Get yeah, it out of the way. Get it out of the way. It's not real life. It's just we got to do. Mm-hmm. So I was chatting with him and I was like, Hey man, like what unit are you with? He was like, Oh, 125 out of Devons. I was like, Oh, cool. That's that's where I'm going when we wrap up here. He was like, Oh, do you know that we're deploying? And I was like, Oh, uh, <laughs> like I'd heard rumors, and that's he was like, found out. And he was like, Oh yeah, like 
he confirmed to me that we were deploying. So when I checked into the unit and that first sergeant or whatever told us, I, I, I wasn't shocked at the time. Yeah, right? like, yeah, staff yeah, sergeant. Come I know on. we're going down. No, at that point, like, oh my God, a staff sergeant? What is that? Like, uh, yes, staff sergeant, I do know we're deploying. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool, man. Okay. It was nice to kind of get a heads up, a little bit of scuttlebutt yeah. that came true. Scuttlebutt. Little Lance Corporal Underground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard an SOI as well. Um, for me, I was actually putting in a SOI package, not SOI, uh, OCS package. OCS, yep. It was all set. And the cool thing is that if you're in the reserves, you compete with college students. So I was like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all these college students, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, I'm a Marine and I have a college student. Like, let's do this. I, I was like, I'm going to get in. Mm-hmm. But then I heard, oh, you know your unit's deploying. The recruiters were telling me that. I was like, okay hold on to the package. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of the only cool things I've done in my life is like, hold on the package. I want to get some, I want to deploy with these guys when I get back, yeah. then we'll put it in. As you an know? enlisted guy. I think yeah. that's super admirable yeah. too, man, because as somebody who, no, we as enlisted people don't, the, the people that we respect the most are what? In terms of officers are Mustangs. Oh, totally. Any, anybody 100%. who's had prior 100%. enlisted experience. So Mustangs, for those of you who are unaware, are, prior enlisted people and i think you have to like get sergeant or staff sergeant or something like that to be qualifiable Probably. yeah to get into the officer position it's hard though as a must it, it because if you're active you're competing with sergeant slaughter you know mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. the, it's there's only so many slots and so yeah those guys are legit yeah so i know it's i think that's admirable that you realize that you were going that okay i could see myself as an office as you know lieutenant cheshire or whatever yeah but I want to spend time in a combat zone do as the, PFC, Lance Corporal yeah, Cheshire, yeah, do, do some of the heavy work. lifting and then kind of get in. And that really draws a bond to, if you were to become an officer, you know, like they'll look at you and be like, Oh, this dude's already got a combat right. action ribbon. He's been right. deployed and blah, 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 <laughs> got blah. Got more ribbons. Yeah, exactly. Then like just the NDSM. Pizza box and yeah, stuff. The, yeah. Just the NDSM and pizza box and, and the GWAT service. <laughs> the GWAT. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, Good for you, man. I, yeah. I think that's admirable. Yeah, of course, of course, long story short, I then deployed him like, all right. <laughs> Fuck me in an officer. <laughs> Fuck OCS. I'm not going to go career on this puppy, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, man. Um, I, the reserves allows you to test drive, man. Test drive, yeah. You point. test drive the car, man, man. You sound like a recruiter. Are you re- recruiting? No. <laughs> hey, kids. Yeah, hey. Future <laughs> Marines you, out there. What are you doing with the rest of your life? Right. <laughs> Do you want to go to college? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um okay so uh any you remember you remember getting to the unit beginning and i mean being like a, a like unsalty boot any uh how, how was that experience for you uh, get to the fleet man like we, fleet. As, as soon as i joined i didn't even do a single drill you just mobbed my single drill was the mobilization <laughs> me too yeah. yeah. So that I think that's a cool experience. It and, was. And, and and I love the fact that we both kind of had that same pipeline of yeah. boot camp SOI and then immediate deployment. Because why? It was much more fleet-like because the mm. problem with the res- the reserves is that the drill thing really can suck. Yeah. Like, hey, one week, in a, one week in a month. But when you're at boot camp, you're at SOI or you're deployed and you're active, mm-hmm. the suck is constant. So right. you're desensitized to it all. You're good. But when you have a month, to get soft Oof, you don't and want then that. one weekend a month to Ugh. get you like, you know, uh, that's rough. So I liked it. Yeah. Hey, I was squared away. 
good, you know, like yep. 30 pounds less. I'm like, yep. let's do this, man. That's, that's the point. And, and you still got that mindset. Yes. That, that, yeah. that training mindset that, and dude, I feel like the, the training up until the moment that we stepped into Kuwait, the training was fucking constant. It was constant, yeah. you know, boot camp, yeah. SOI. And then 125, we did some really cool workups. We did. But you know what's weird is that you, once you are, are deployed, you realize some of these workups, nah. mm, right. like, yeah. I always remember, let's train you how to deal with IEDs. Okay, if we were driving on the road in California, oh, we spot a, quote, uh, potential IED. Mm-hmm. So we get out and we all fan out. We get closer to it. We look at it with our ACOGs. Like, oh, let's go look at it. Right. Let's fan out. It's like, no. Not gonna do any of that. The, the, maybe in Afghanistan, maybe, May, ew, maybe, maybe, but even then, maybe man. just call it, call it in. <laughs> right. Get the get the bot out there to go look at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I think that I think once you step foot into the AO that you're going to be working in, then you realize, like our left seat, right seat, our rip with um two six. Oh, is that who we replaced? Yeah, we replaced two six. Shout out to all of our two six boys two six? from Fallujah. Um, actually met, ran into a random dude, um, Around here? Uh, at the time, I don't think he's working there anymore, but he was working for the state as like the veterans career center coordinator oh. or like an employment coordinator. And he was with two six. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, just get dude. him on here. I, I, dude, Track we, him down. I, I will make a list of people we'll, that will we'll get on this outside show. of his house and <laughs> be like, remember me let's go some marines get on here hey, hey we need you get on yeah. get, get in the van <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah okay I, so so uh work up any work up memories work up memories while oh, you're thinking shit. about it i'll throw it out at you okay you're out in the field extended period of time in california and then it's like hey we're going back we're gonna have like a day or two back i remember uh sergeant whitmer shout out Timmy, it's his birthday today. Uh, Tim Whitmer's what? birthday. Should we today. sing happy birthday? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you sing it yourself. Yeah, sing it to yourself. <laughs> Have your kids sing it to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I remember him being like, hey, Chesh, uh, you know, get on the phone, call up Domino's. You know, they had that 55555 five, five, mm-hmm. five deal where you just get as many pizzas as you want for five bucks. Yep. And I just remember the whole, the whole vehicle was just like, all right, let's get that order in, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh we'll swing by in the humvee like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they get those pizzas in the in the in the back yeah. uh, just getting back to civilization yeah. made me really appreciate um the smallest little thing you yeah. know and i can definitely polish off a pizza after that <laughs> you know all those mra's you're like yeah give me some give me some real right, fake right. food some, <laughs> give me the real stuff <laughs> how about you what was it like for you the, the mode experience and all that well, uh, the workup I thought was was a lot of fun. Um, that Stu Seagal experience. Oh, that, that was cool. Tell, talk about that. Yeah. So Stu Seagal. Can we talk about that? Is that going on? Yeah, I think so. I don't think we're breaking any uh, rules. I don't even know if they do that program. They named anymore, it Stu Seagal, so it can't be classified. It was classified to be called like you know app you know AppSat uh, Cam <laughs> right, yeah, Control <laughs> App Read. You know, some bunch of TLAs acronyms right. like all. Th- like uh, that's classified. I don't even know what it is. So you were talking about that um, with Mark on the on the on your first episode about how like it had it had like the simulated village yes. and, and how we were using yep. blanks and but the sim rounds and everything, which was like the chalk. Were, were stuff. we in the same squad at that point? I or? I don't know. I know that they did a whole lot of like moving around of yeah. So when we, I do remember when we started the mobilization, right? It was broken down 
by our weapons sections, right? Mm. So all the 81s guys were training together. All the machine gun guys were training together. All the assault men and blah, blah, blah. They were all training together. I think like halfway through like the workup, like on month like two or whatever, then they split us into assault platoons. Right. And those were going to be the platoons that we were going to actually right. mobilize with. And that right. pissed a lot of people off. Because they, like, they like their people. Right, like, yeah. Uh, they were yeah. splitting friends up. They were yeah. splitting up people who had worked together previously and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I get the idea. Um, but I know that that pissed a lot of people off at the time. So when we split up into our, you know, or map ones or whatever, then I th we must have that, been in the same so platoon. We must have got, did we get into map one at that point? Because we were in the yes. same platoon yes. together. Even when they, they took the whole company and made them all into maps, that must have been when we got first grouped together. Yes. Like so you and I, it was nice because you and I were together in 81s, and, we and were then we were boots. together, <laughs> and we were both boots, and boots. then we were together in map one. In map one, yeah. So that, that, was, was, cool. that was a nice thing for us to, to be able to share. Do you, uh, what do you remember from uh, any deployment, uh, the, uh, the MOB experiences, anything? Oh, Ma oh Stu Seagal. Did Stu I talk Seagal about how we there. got... Were you with were you with me when we got wrecked in that mount town? Dude, I think the every blanks. like platoon got wrecked. You walk in the in door. That shoot house thing. The shoot house. Oh my god, yeah. dude. Yeah. Do you, I don't know if you remember this. I particularly remember like bodies stacked. Yes. On at the doorway. Like in the entrance. In yeah. the entrance way. Yeah. It's all like you're us. dead. You're dead. You're dead. Like yeah. our whole squad just and, and some other squad. We're just all the, those guys at Sioux Falls are just like murking us all. Yeah. The first time. Yep. And then we like okay. Uh, violence of action you just go run in there like banshees and start shooting people mm -hmm. um if they're shooting you and then and then we took them out right yeah yeah but it was a good learning experience for oh sure. absolutely yeah it's 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 an eye-opening experience when and i mean it, it's it's close to real life because if you're going into an unknown area or an unknown house or something they know the whole layout yeah they're gonna have all their guns trained on the um entry point yeah choke points they know that they know all the choke points and all the yeah. the fatal funnels and stuff so of course like you know you rush in with six marines and the first four guys are dead if you're hanging out if you real. hang out there you're right. gonna get murked yeah yeah for and, sure. and i mean i think that they were kind of they knew that we were going into fallujah and yeah. i and i think that they realized fallujah had a very at that time i mean god a, a year maybe 18 months prior was the big Big battle push. for fallujah yeah. the second one shout out to the guys that did that too oh my or, god yeah all, phantom fury guys yeah, yeah. we kind of inherited like a, a secured not and the city wasn't secured but we had fobs and bases and yes. stuff and uh we didn't we didn't have to these our group didn't have to fight you know house to house mm -hmm. uh so shout out to those guys for for setting us up for success but yeah they were definitely training us for for the shit this wasn't like some you know kuwait duty or something mm -hmm. right right yeah, man, definitely big props to the the men uh, who laid down their lives and, and who were wounded and in, in securing Fallujah because uh, we definitely we inherited a pretty secure area. Yeah, sure. well, at least at least back back where we're at. But you know, this was prior to us getting there was the bridge. You know, with the contractors. Mm -hmm. What do they call that bridge? Blackwater Bridge. Blackwater Bridge, right? Yep. So all this had all this stuff happening. So we get mm -hmm. to roll into that. And honestly, uh, it's it was kind of you know, back to choosing to be infantry. If you're going to choose to be infantry, you'd want to choose to be somewhere that's hot. Mm -hmm. And I guess not all, it was not as hot and it certainly wasn't like Vietnam. So it's always that thing where you're like, there's always people that have been in more shit than you. Mm -hmm. And 
there's always people who have been less shit than you. And usually the people in less shit talk a lot more, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but either way, it was, it was definitely an exciting time. You know, it's weird to say that too, right? It was, it was exciting. Like it in, there were some, the highs were higher, the lows were lower. There were some really shitty times. There were some really friggin' fantastic times. Absolutely. You know? dude. Absolutely. And I think deployments are, are filled with that. They're filled with moments of sheer terror and sheer, camaraderie and like you're bonding super close with your boys and and, and all that stuff and sweating, i think sweating sweating yeah, it out sweating it out and desert. going on ops together and yeah. stuff I'd, I'd like to think that we had a pretty damn good deployment because i know infantry guys who who stood watch the entire seven months yeah and I, man no, I, that would have been terrible guard duty yeah never yeah. leaving the wire and then you see your boys leaving the wire and then yeah. they come back and they're like dude we got a big firefight and then you're like oh what the fuck i know i know <laughs> you feel inadequate and i think that's an unfortunate thing that that's real man like especially older veterans and stuff there is there's feelings of inadequacy that some of these people carry with them when they hear uh, stories okay. of you know the guys who have been in firefights who have been blown up and shot at and stuff. And yeah. then they, they kind of compare everybody does it. They, they compare what they've done to what the other person's done. And then the, the feeling of, of inadequacy, I can only imagine it's is very, is very um, powerful. You know, when you first mentioned inadequacy, I was like, well, I can't relate to that at all. Uh, I've got two kids, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, the humor side on that part, there's, you make your own experience, you know, mm. you had your own tale, you had your own story. And what's kind of cool is you have shared experiences. You all came from different places. I mean, I remember our, our, our hut, right? We were, we were blessed to have a hut. We had like a, we had a house. So why, why don't you tell everyone like where we got, where we got the chance to, to stay? Oh yeah. So most um, of our stay was at the beautiful Lake Barria resort. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Lake Barria. <laughs> Welcome. So this was a this was a legitimate like it used to be a resort outside of the city of Fallujah, and I think it was owned by like Uday and Kuse, think, yeah. Kusain, yeah, um, Uday and Kuse. I think I said Kuse. Fuck them. Yeah. I don't know. One of those douchebags. A couple of those guys, and apparently, like, there's like stories that like they had like a torture house there, and like there was bodies at the bottom of the lake and stuff. That's what they told us, yeah, yeah. So it was basically like this big resort area, and we kind of just they had like these huts that like the workers yeah would live in yeah and it was all along like this big lake right and so it was nice like i mean you cram in six sometimes eight people into one hut it's definitely little, cramped and everything there, but, but it, it was we had a roof over our head we, we had, had air conditioning we had a fucking lake outside of our door yeah. so that lake was interesting because i remember them te- like the some of the history of that was i think it was uday um liked boat racing Okay. Because that's what you do when you're a dictator's son and you have money. Millionaire, yeah. Like, and he's like, I like the boat racing. How's that for an accent? That's, Pretty good. That's Uday impression. <laughs> uh, and, and they're like, well, Uday, this is um, Fallujah. We don't, we don't really have a lake. We have the Euphrates over here, and, mm-hmm. um, but no real lakes. He's like, well, let's make one. So they made a lake. So this lake that huge we were- Huge, too. We were, fucking huge. Yeah, this fucking huge lake we were around was a man-made lake. Mm-hmm. And um, specifically for- boat racing and also it was almost like a pleasure palace so it was like right. a pleasure resort they had a um a mansion in the middle of uh, the lake which mm-hmm. by the time we got there was 
nothing. It mm-hmm. was a foundation, yep. probably on purpose. Right. Um, Blew that shit up. Some tactical, you <laughs> laser yeah, guided, like right, right. early on. It was like, yeah. nope, you don't get a pleasure balance. That's, that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been weird to stay there, anyways. Um, so uh, that thing was smithereens. But yeah, they, they, so, so they had that. But for infrastructure, there were these little houses. And you're right. I think they were for either the soldiers or the bodyguards, you know, um, mm-hmm. of, when they would come, they'd get to stay in these little, little, uh, little cottages on the lake. Right. And so, I mean, what a cool place to be stationed mm-hmm. because, uh, many of our brothers, 125 were, especially the, uh, the line guys, you know, like alpha or whatnot, they'd mm-hmm. be out at a checkpoint the right. whole friggin' time. Yeah. Or the main base in the middle of the city, like literally yes. in the middle of the city of Fallujah. No, thank you. Yeah, that was, I believe at the time it was called the CMOC. CMOC, yeah, yeah, man. All that vocabulary is coming back. Yeah, yeah, The CMOC. So there were these bases that were not as, as secure at all. Like it was super sketchy. Yeah, yeah. they would take in, incoming like yeah. on, the, on the regular. On the regular, right. Mm-hmm. Whereas our thing. A couple we times, had a lot of counter battery. We had a ton couple of times. We had so much counter battery. So much things going on that we and oh and pleasure palace. Well, if you're a dictator, you build walls around your pleasure palace. So there was literally he built us a base essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, thanks, Uday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we took over your shit. <laughs> say hi to Satan for us. Yeah. Um, we took over your pleasure palace. Thanks for the walls because mm-hmm. they really helped us secure. They did. Our uh, so there were walls with guard towers. So they literally sort of inherited this this. N- Pleasure Palace base, mm-hmm. and but yeah, they told us don't go swimming in the lake. Uh, do you remember this? Did you get a story about the guy that did? I remember, and he drowned. Right? He drowned. Uh, it was an interpreter, wasn't it? Okay, wasn't it? An the, yeah, there's, there's these stories. You never know if they're real or not. You never know if it's like fud just to get you to not do something. Kind of like even from boot camp, like oh, don't do this because like this is what happened, mm-hmm. or if it's real. But uh, so you heard about the interpreter drowning. I heard about some uh, marine went swimming. And, uh, Hey, why not? But it, there's so many bodies and bacteria in this lake that he got an infection in his eye and it started eating his face. So they had to like overnight him to Germany. Holy shit. And so I heard that. I was like, cool, I'm good. I don't need yeah, swimming. No, no swimming for <laughs> no, us. I'll set. Thanks. <laughs> it works. Right. Mm-hmm. Babel or not. I was just mm-hmm. like, good. Okay. I'll look at the lake. Yeah. They were good pictures. Right. Right. Good right. Pictures. It was very scenic. Scenic. And, uh, and yeah, you would, uh, we had some, we had some facilities there by the time we got there, you know? Yep. So there yeah, we had like our chow hall, hall, we had our internet hall yeah. and everything. We had nice amenities. It was not the Air Force bases by any stretch of imagination, but it was not bad, man. No. I mean, take, you know, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own experience, but man, I was, you know, you're looking back, you're like, wow, I was, that was a pretty legit place to get stationed. Yes. Yeah. So we basically would operate out of, that was our main base where we would just kind of operate out of and travel from um, because uh, our designation as uh, a map platoon mobile assault platoon we were running trucks so we had to be within close proximity of the motor transport team in a road right right yeah. right so you know because we were on trucks because we were also we were like a security we were kind of like the battalions like security force eh, i call us like the cavalry you know we're like mm-hmm. the the knights on our mounted on our trucks mm-hmm. whereas cool. the guys in the within the, the the limits of the city were actually going out on foot and they foot, would roll some foot missions they would yeah. roll some uh, trucks and stuff like that but like when we were out on patrol it was all trucks um we would you know dismount here and there depending on what the mission was if we were doing a raid or a capture or something like that but yeah no i 
I was very lucky to spend the entire deployment in the same gun truck yep. um, with the same two guys, uh, Sully and Wit. Shout out to Mike Sully. Two guys. What about me? Oh, yeah, you were there too. <laughs> I was, but I, I, you weren't, you weren't unfortunately, you weren't as constant because you got pulled away. I, I, yeah, you got they, pulled they moved away. me around, man. I was, uh, they, they put me in all different positions, they different did. places. They but yeah, did. different trucks too. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. You, were, yep. you drove that truck the whole time with Sergeant Witt, right? And mm-hmm. then um, for me, I drove another truck. I was guiding back. I was a gunner. I was this, I was that. But yep. yeah, yeah. So you got moved around quite a bit more than I did. I think I only sat in the truck and up in the turret like once, <laughs> once how, or twice. How was that? Um, I like driving a lot better. <laughs> yeah, did you ever light one up in the top of the truck? Oh, God, no. Yeah, no? no did you ever have to flare anyone? That. No, it didn't Do you remember that? that? Yeah, yeah, we had escalation of force rules yeah. and everything. Yeah, talk about that. So at the time when we were there, there was a very strong civilian presence in the city of Fallujah. Well, it's populated, so, right? It right, it was, they opened it back up. They opened the city back up once they basically went through and destroyed half of it <laughs> right um and we're letting people in and i mean it was busy dude. Yeah, those man. ecps would be backed up for miles man people right. trying to get into the city um you know and i'm sure most of those people were probably just trying to live their lives and make business happen and shit like that but of course some people were bad guys and were right. trying to get into the city and link up with their bad guy friends and shit so right. you know you'd have marines constantly out there searching vehicles with the iraqi army with the iraqi Least, blah, 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 blah. so but there was checkpoints to get in the city so right. everyone that came in got searched all the vehicles got searched somehow mm-hmm. there was always still always. weapons and always. bombs and stuff yep i don't know how they they smuggled it in but they did mm-hmm. so it was our job if you were up in the turret and let's say a vehicle was coming at you you didn't know if it was going to be a suicide bomber or whatever so the escalation of force rules basically said you had to they were slightly silly but they were a little silly but i think they probably probably were designed to save people's lives I agree. <laughs> because uh you know marines uh when they get nervous they just go right for their guns so that's <laughs> shit shit yeah exactly you load it up your condition uh, one yeah that's just the way it is man marines have to be aggressive that's just it's, it's in their nature so we're not exactly a great policing force either, no you know? no we're that tip of the spear is for a reason. Yes. So, yes. I mean, I think we as reservists kind of had a very unique experience because a lot of our uh, members were police we're officers. We're police officers. That's a really good point. So, yeah. I think that versus, you know, some active duty unit that just cut back from Afghanistan who was literally kicking down doors for seven months, we probably had a slight advantage over them just because we had guys who actually knew some level of policing slash counterinsurgency slash criminal, you know, being right. aware of criminal aspects. Because right. at this time, Fallujah was, we were looking for criminals. Man. Oh, yeah. Like we weren't, it was, hot. It was not like, um, you don't go walk around the market looking for uh, hashish, right? You just, it's, uh, yeah. We were looking for bad guys. Yeah, looking yeah. For bad guys. We were yeah. not looking for contraband. We were looking for contraband that was IEDs and weapons and stuff. Right. But you're in the top. And so you, first thing was flags, right? Was mm-hmm. that flags? So, yep. so you see a car and you're like, I don't know, that car looks sketchy. You don't want it to drive into you and totally vaporize everyone in the vehicle. Right. So it was like kind of a position where you had to really pay attention. You know, guy in back, just chill, yep. you know. Um, driver had to drive. But then the gunner, though, I remember I uh, had a chance to do that a bunch of times and and – you know, the flags, your flag or hand, something bright, and you're like, 
hello, dummy. Right. And, and what people were supposed to do was pull off the side of the road, right? So if mm-hmm. you see Just like it, if you saw like a police car coming down the side of the road or something, yes. like you pull over, you get out of the fucking way of the convoy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, remember, uh, we'd always drive in the middle of the road. Yes. So yeah. always down the striped or the solid yellow, if they had it, line. Mm-hmm. Or if they didn't have it, you're, just, you're still in the middle of the road, which mm-hmm. is weird because you come back and you're like, I want to drive in the middle of the road. And you right. can't. You know, don't um, do that. <laughs> but you, you wave the hands. And if they don't see your hands, your stupid flags, um, then you escalate the force. Yeah. Do you yep. remember that was the next one? Yep. Flares. Flares. Do you ever, so I had a chance to shoot a flare at a car. Okay. How'd that <laughs> but, go? Um, my door was in, you know, in, uh, in a vehicle and, and it's happening so fast. I, um, I, I freaked everyone else out cause they didn't know I was escalating to a flare. Yeah. Um, but it was quick. I was like flag. This car was suspicious. It was like, it kept driving. What they're supposed to do is you, you, you need to stop like, Oh, here's a convoy, but they've got 50 cows. They've got Mark. They got stuff in those vehicles that can erase your car. Yeah. So you just pull off the side of the road, but if they didn't, or they're not paying attention, thankfully there's no, like the phones weren't really like big texting and whatnot. Cause mm-hmm. I think like Americans we're all texting. We would not see the convoys. No. We'd all get murked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember shooting a flare at a car um, and it hit their hood and it bounced into the sky oh my god and the guy's like oh shit like <laughs> immediately stomped on the brakes yeah because they realized yeah. that's like a near-death experience for them because they realized after that you're shooting them right right um you're going from your flare to your rifle flare to your rifle yeah, yeah. and so um uh and Medora's like what was that right, like, because it sounds like a gunshot yeah it's, it's the loud flares, the flares have this distinct pop if you've never and it sounds like a single gunshot so yeah i can yeah. see why he was like whoa, whoa, whoa what's yeah. going on like car he's like tell me i'm like i can't tell you yeah, like, right. you know, it happens too happens fast, so fast. Yeah. but they stopped thankfully because i really didn't want to have to you know you know, especially take out anyone that's like just being dumb mm-hmm. you know so uh they stopped but yeah okay so driving around yeah you were a driver the whole time right i was a driver the whole time yeah yeah what was it like man driving was, um, nvgs and driving that man oh, dude the first that? night we ever rolled out with nvgs and it was like pitch blackout i almost ran over like a whole wire <laughs> of, or almost ran over a whole roll of concertina wire because i didn't know how to focus the fucking nvg we had done like night driving and stuff before yeah. but it was nothing like you know being out in the field and you know having all your gear on you you know your battle rattle and everything right. like that i definitely ran over concertina wire Did you? Sure. <laughs> yeah and some people got that shit wrapped up around their axles of their trucks and literally i remember we had to stop once because somebody got their axle wrapped up so bad we had to stop and pull like a security thing i remember that where people like i remember that I a remember lot somebody was underneath like the humvee like trying to cut like the uh the, <laughs> was that your truck that was uh <laughs> that may or may not have been me uh and landry landry was mm-hmm. uh um thankfully he was cool about it <laughs> he was like yeah. under the humvee trying to like get the stuff out of right, there right right uh yeah, yeah. That, that might have been me, yeah, been, been me. <laughs> i don't but even to the same like did I run over a concertina wire? Right. I don't know. Um, so, but yeah, man, driving around the city of Fallujah was absolutely an interesting experience. And I had just kind of gotten my driver's license. Oh, you just learned how to drive? I, was, so. I literally had my driver's license for like a year and a half, maybe tops at that point. So I was still kind of fresh at that. But I mean, I think I had a pretty good grasp at the whole driving thing. I was, uh, I, there were a couple instances where, I, I saw something and nobody else did. So I made like a very quick maneuver and then, and then Whitmer saw, saw what I saw and he was like, Whoa, nice. I, 
good good that you saw that you know yeah. like I'm, I'm just trying to keep us alive man yeah, right? just trying one to keep us from getting blown up one day at a time you so, know it never reminds me of the uh, i don't go back to boot camp but bring it here you know, one day at a time it was the whole like chow to chow sunday mm-hmm. to sunday mm-hmm. sometimes even now I, when i talk to people or um even family and they're like going through going through the shit i'm like what do i do next i'm like you know what tonight you're gonna go to sleep we're gonna wake up tomorrow morning we have breakfast you know and let's just worry about that let's worry about the next couple hours mm-hmm. you know go to bed wake up and have breakfast and then we'll figure out what to do after that mm-hmm. you know and then after that there's lunch and so kind of like zeroing in and i think those are the kind of lessons you can take with you you know where mm-hmm. like i don't know how to handle this huge problem right now okay well i can i can at least get that first step in you know mm-hmm. i can first step in and i'll go get breakfast or lunch or whatever it is and and figure it out and then uh you know slowly but surely get through it uh, but yeah i think you were you were a really good driver you were calm and stuff and i was always like uh uh and so making all my job all my vcs nervous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like driving like a sports car right and these are not sports cars no, no. remember the old days of uh flipping the switch and it goes to start you have that mm-hmm. that rattle yeah it's funny why people buy hummers now and you're like nope not the same <laughs> not only only one. the h1 is 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 close the closest <laughs> thing <laughs> to yeah to what we had but yeah man i love my humvee i thought uh it was a nice opportunity to just kind of because I, I like uh i drive like a little modded car now and stuff so it was a nice opportunity yeah, yeah, to kind of yeah. get into you know turning wrenches a little bit and kind of yeah. PMing and, and and uh t- maintaining the vehicle and stuff like that that was those some nice skills that i kind of took into my real world yeah, life so. right on do you ever uh there's air conditioning right so people joke like you guys air conditioning in those humvees uh yeah we did because it's fucking hot outside yeah. um didn't really do much. Didn't it do was too enough. much, but it was enough. And you didn't necessarily notice if you if it was working, but when it wasn't working, oh yeah, then you notice. Did you ever have that happen? Like it die on you? A couple times. Yeah. yeah, it's like, dude, like five minutes after it dies, just sweat. Yeah, just pouring, just pouring off of you. Yeah, and you're still driving. And, right. And going back to when our hands were messed up or whatnot, you just you're gonna keep going. It's like, ooh, let's cancel the mission because it's hot. You know, let's just keep rolling. But I remember getting out of the seat, though, seeing the imprint of my back and my butt <laughs> and my legs and everything on the seat. Yep. You like know, this big sweat, <laughs> big wet mark. Yeah. 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 So when they say salty, I'm like, oh, that's, that's right. Where it comes from. <laughs> remember those? We had these cool flight suits, though, right? When we, that dude, was when cool. we switched from the camis to the flight suits, that was like. 100%. Yes. That was such a game changer. And I, such I, a game changer. Who was it like, bam, and some of the other guys just like, they're like, I'm not even wearing skivvies. I'm like, dude, I didn't even know that. But mm-hmm. hey, whatever keeps you cool in Iraq, mm-hmm. man. Uh, but yeah, it was neat because we had these flight suits, probably because they're Nomex and supposed to be fire resistant and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. um, but it made it a little bit cooler and also easier to get dressed, right? You know, yeah. belt and pants and jacket and all these. Just like zip. All right, yep. let's go. Yep, just that quick, uh, you know, and I mean, usually, I think typically we'd see a lot of the guys just kind of wearing like half the flight suit and then they tie the arms around their waist, you know, like back in the nineties when you tie a sweatshirt around your waist and stuff. Yeah. So usually it'd be, it'd be fairly casual unless you were out on a a mission or something. Yeah. 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 That was like going from like wearing like a business suit to like pajamas. Yeah. It was, I was nice, man. I don't know why I'm still not wearing those now. I still have mine. I I do too. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you could always tell when um, you've been out for a while because they would get like crunchy, right? Mm-hmm. The salty part of it all. Mm-hmm. 
like you got the chance to understand, oh, that's what salty means. Like, oh, that person got salty or that's a salty Marine. You're like, what's that mean? Oh, that means their stuff is just caked with this stuff. Yeah. Imagine beach landings too might make you salty. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I just remember, you know, the feel of you're like, it's almost like you're wearing some stiff starched, you know, thing. And then you'd have a couple of days in the back and you do laundry again, back mm-hmm. to taking care of yourself yep. because that freshly washed and it's some ghetto, um, washing machine beside you know one of your the hooches or whatnot but I just didn't they implement like a laundry service like halfway through the deployment or something oh though? yeah you remember that i do actually remember we, we, did, we, we would did give, our laundry yeah we would give like our like somebody would come by and we'd have our laundry bags there was a, no there was a, a place you drop it off at okay that's what it was It was like a mesh bag it had your yeah. name on it yep yep put all your stuff in there mm-hmm. everything and you give it to the army and the army did our laundry so mm-hmm. shout out Thank United you, Army. States Army. Thanks for uh, keeping doing our clean. keeping us clean and washed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. I mean, we had some luxuries, you know. Definitely, we definitely, definitely. had some luxuries. Absolutely. Um, I could see other people being like, "What?" and other yeah. people being like, "What?" I mean, you didn't have internet and PS4, like all right. this. We stuff. were kind of like in between, in between, like shitty camping lifestyle. <laughs> it was and like glamping, glamp. Yeah, it was, it was kind of glamping car. <laughs> Uh, car camping and you stuff. know if i wrote a book and it was like somewhat sarcastic it'd be like glamping in iraq you know <laughs> yep like oh today let me go uh let me go wash my dungarees <laughs> in the euphrates <laughs> yeah right did you ever go in the euphrates no no i, I remember a couple uh guys um doing some of those missions out to i don't know what which uh, one of those ecps e- ecp two or three right the one across um, from the the one over the other bridge that yeah. big bridge yeah, yeah okay yeah some guys took the humvees down and i think they made but again, back to bacteria and all that weird stories. Probably wouldn't want to, but it might be kind of cool. To be like, I was in the Euphrates. Right. You know? How many Americans can say that say they that. ever swim in the? And you're not going back there. Or... And you're not going to go as a tourist. So. Yeah. Right. 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 So, what stands out for you when you think back to those experiences? You know, um, start first with like, um, what would be some experiences that were like, um, I don't say negative, but the ones that are just uh, the hard ones. You know that. Uh, that you would rather forget? Well, I think uh, any time that where anyone was hurt or killed, yeah. those are the challenging experiences. Those Agreed. are the challenging times. Um, uh, the, the, the 4th of September will always be ingrained in my memory. Um, that was when we lost uh, Eric Valdepenas. We lost Doc Walsh. Um, we also lost um, Corporal Shoemaker. And that sucked because, like, we were the first platoon to arrive on that scene when those guys were killed. And right. That was just a, that was very difficult. Thankfully, um, Cody Hill um, survived that first blast, and so that was a tough day. And then that evening, actually, that that day, that same day, um, we had uh, one of our trucks blown up by an RPG, and then we went back to the FOB, and then when that night we came back, we were going to that ECP across the bridge and then um, we got blown up again. And that's when um, Murray and, and Shane Burke got hurt. Right. So that was a very challenging day, man. And thankfully we didn't lose more men than we, we definitely could have lost more guys. Like right. they, these were tactics that up until this point we hadn't seen, like they were utilizing um, like higher, you know, great explosives mm. or just the way that they were putting the explosives underneath the Humvees, it would make it so that the bombs would go off on the weak spot the under weak the, spot, under the yeah. underbelly of the truck. And that's how guys really started getting hurt. 
Um, so those, those days are, are ones that you want to forget, but it's also, you got to hold those in your memory you too, yeah. just to, to, to make you realize that it's, it's not all glorious and glamorous and boring. You know, there right. are moments of action and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy because that's what you were there for, right? Getting back to what we said earlier, we wanted to be in the shit. Right. And when you're in the shit, that's, those are the moments that you're like, it's like what you asked for. And right. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, it's that, I like the word like dichotomy. That's a good one. I couldn't spell that, but I could definitely, <laughs> I definitely know what that means. It's just the, the contrast. Mm -hmm. um, because with the training, I mean, people always ask me if I was scared. I think we were only scared four times. Mm -hmm. um, specific, like, like really scared. Like, mm -hmm. like whoa. Um, but but then there's the, you know, there's the calm, boring times, there's the fun, but then there's the contrast with that. Um, yeah, just balancing the two of them or going between one to the other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't bring these things up uh, because, um, you know, not, it's like, it doesn't glorify it, but it like, get, get, you know, pays honor to like the warriors that were there, the ones that did sacrifice, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the ones that, you know, carry on for them, Absolutely. you know? Um, and, and I think you're know, going back to dichotomy, Hey, you know, we'll call the episode dichotomy. Uh, <laughs> sure. it was, it was all about, um, you know, with the training, were you scared for the most part? No. And I think a lot of that came back to training, um, where it was just like, I'm invincible until you can prove otherwise. Right. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be an idiot. So mm -hmm. if I'm standing out in the open, I'm moving around because I don't want to get sniped. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I felt confident from the training. Yes. You know? Yes. And this, you know, spree decor, if you throw that out there or whatnot, but it was all, it was all well done. And I think it was all orchestrated very well back to all the different trainings, the boot camps, and all that. Mm -hmm. um, everything that was part of that, went and made me uh confident i mean it was overly confident mm. i don't know but it was it was like that sort of that the marine thing maybe it's yeah. just all of us just that hard charge like ah right, right. um and so the dichotomy was you you feel that but then it, every now and then there'd be people around you that you would lose you know mm. and for me at the time it was it was weird because i didn't know everyone that well mm -hmm. you know and i don't know if you had this because you got there when i did um but i didn't know you know, when some people, um, you know, when we lost some people, I didn't know them that well. Mm -hmm. so some of their brothers were like really sad. Um, and it, for me, it was more surreal. Like, right. And, and I don't think I, maybe I, my feelings were turned off. Maybe that was, you know, safety mechanism. Kind of numbing out. Yeah. 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 But like, I remember being at some memorials mm. and being moved. Um, oh, I remember crying like a bitch. Did, did you? I mean, memorials, oh, for sure. Everyone yeah. has their thing. But I think for me, I was more mostly moved by the, the, the emotions of the brothers that knew those people really well. Mm, and like mm -hmm. they're, they're tore up and I'm just like, Oh man, this You're thing, this pain. thing's Look real. Them. I was yeah. feeling their pain yeah. though. I didn't necessarily know the person, but I still, I almost, I had this sort of cold, you know, mission oriented thing. Right. It, it wouldn't be till later on when you get back and yeah. maybe you chill out for a second where you're yeah. like, now nah, maybe I got to feel my feels. And maybe that was the challenges for me. I had to later on be like, okay, it's okay to feel that, you know? Right. Good for you, man. I, yeah. th I think it's a great transition into, um, you know, post uh, deployment life. We'll let these sirens pass by. The sirens, are they, are they coming for you? Yeah, no, do they yet. know we're up here doing <laughs> this thing? And flashbang comes through the window. <laughs> People don't know. We actually broke into this place and we're upstairs <laughs> and they don't even know. And, uh, yeah. No. Um, 
Okay, so so yeah, you know, one thing too I wanted to to bring up because you know because you're here mm-hmm. uh, was King, right? So yes. a, a great guy um, who unfortunately was uh, killed in Iraq. Yes, um, I didn't know him that well. A lot of the other brothers really did, especially in in mortars. Especially in he mortars. was a mortar guy. He was a yeah. mortar guy, and he didn't have to go on the deployment. He was one of those guys really? who went to Okinawa. So um, so some of our 125 brothers had been deployed to Okinawa, um, and that was in support of OIF, but it obviously wasn't in Iraq, but it was, uh, you know, in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Right. So those guys who deployed to Okinawa didn't have to go to Iraq, but King was one of them, along with uh, several, several other of our brothers. Um, so the fact that he was killed in the deployment that he didn't even have he to be to at, yeah. I think that really kind of chapped some people's asses and rightfully so, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's complicated. That's super fucking complicated. Absolutely. Now I bring him up cause I want to, I want to honor him because I actually met him when I first joined the unit mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a drill, but we're mobilizing. And, um, so everyone was out in the field. And I don't know what's going on. And Marines and organization and admin, it's not exactly an admin organization. Right. So I get to this unit. You're not hanging out with some sergeant major, you know? So I'm just there and everyone else is out. It's wintertime and they're all out the fields doing something probably horrible, um, <laughs> you know, in Massachusetts. And so mm-hmm. I remember um, King was there. He wasn't out in the field with them probably because he's holding down the fort or whatnot. Oh yeah, you hear that? That's right. This podcast is on fire. <laughs> Bro, fire people. This is so this is real life. You get to you get to hear good old Nashville Fire Department. Shout out. Getting some. Uh, getting some. <laughs> They're still getting some, even to this day. Nashville Fire Department. Uh, but I remember him being there and him being like super cool. Mm-hmm. And when you're a boot and get to a unit, and I know this is nothing like uh, the active uh, pickup by mm-hmm. your you know line companies just gonna haze the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, but I remember everyone's like, you're this boot and like, whatever, just make fun of you. And you don't even know if they're making fun of you because you don't know what's going on. Right. Um, but I remember King just being super cool, mm-hmm. welcoming me, getting me squared away. I probably had like Charlie's on incorrectly. Didn't even need to be in Charlie's. Yeah, I don't even know right. what's going on. I'm like clearly that guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, that just needed a little help, you know? Um, and he was there and he was like, I remember him being really cool we hung out for a couple hours because we were waiting for everyone to come back. Yep. And it's just like a, like a cool experience. So like, and then he wasn't even in my, in our map. Right. So it wasn't right. like we had a, ch- I had, had a chance to spend much time with him. I know a lot of the other guys obviously did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like, I, I just knew he was like, that one touched me more because I, I, I had been spent time with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a great story about Nick. It's very, yeah, tell about it's tell very him. quick. Um, but we were doing one of the first, um, mobilization exercises uh, at Devon's and I think I like stayed at like a hotel or something and I didn't have a fucking ride to like the drill center and it was like snowing like a motherfucker uh, yeah it was it was December right yeah. yeah yep so here it is December here I am with my sea bag and shit like trying to like you know and I was like I, I gotta get to the drill center I gotta check in or whatever so I was like I started like hoofing from my hotel and I mean it was only like a mile and a half or whatever but I was probably going to be <laughs> in late. In the snow. Yeah, in Uphill the snow. Uphill both ways. Yeah, exactly. And I remember um, uh, Nick and um, his wife at the time, I believe, or girlfriend or something, they saw me and they like pulled over in their like Jeep. 
and they were like, Hey, uh, do you want to ride? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's awesome. So they picked me up and, you know, gave me a quick ride and we just shot the shit and everything. And like you said, very warm and welcoming yep. guy. i um, just a really, really cool guy. And I had a similar experience with, um, uh, Eric Valdepena, who I didn't know super well, but, right. um, you know, we connected because he was a Rhode Islander and oh, I cool. was like, Oh, oh didn't know a lot of guys from Rhode Island at the time. So, you know, when I realized that somebody was from Rhode Island, you know, just shoot the shit, you know, you talk about the towns that you go to, you talk about Providence and stuff, you know, you have that, that connection of, uh, uh, you know, uh, some, something. So th those are my, I, I didn't know those guys super well, but right. it, it, those were difficult, um, events, uh, the, when we lost those guys, uh, it sucks to lose anyone in your unit, man. Right. But, um, yeah, I think thankfully having a little bit of a of a distance, you know, if I had lost somebody like that I was super close with, like you or yeah, John or something agreed. like that, man, that would have been really devastating to me. But it, it sucks, man. But I mean, it's kind of like a spectrum. It's a spectrum. spectrum. And, yeah. And, and I think everybody realized, too, that like, you know what, man? we got to just keep moving on. We just got to keep this, this deployment isn't stopping because men have been killed. Right. And it's just kind of par for the course. We just got to keep on keeping on and we're going to let, let our emotions be what they are after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And, feel them um, later. Yeah. Right. And, and you just gotta, you gotta move on from that stuff, especially when you're in a combat zone where if you're getting caught up, with thinking about, you know, the people mm -hmm. that you lost, if you're getting caught up with, with thinking about back home or what yeah. your girlfriend or your wife or your mom or your whatever is doing, you're going to be not in the right mindset in case shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was part of why it was just like, you don't really process it. And I think sometimes the challenge is like, you got to process it at some point, you right. know? Um, but yeah, you know, I just wanted to bring him up because, you know, a good guy kind of like, you know, honor that name. And to your point, you Absolutely. know, um, I know a lot of the guys that really knew him well, you know, whether it was tattoos or just, you know, um, remembering him, you know, mm -hmm. and I, even some of the guys would get together every, I think it's once a year, you know, in the park, mm -hmm. had a chance to join, uh, some other guys from our unit and just, we got together. And I think this is probably the, the last, you know, thing I'd share on, uh, on King at least for now is, sure. was, uh, you know, the whole unit getting together. At some park somewhere, I don't even know where it it's was. It's in Tingsboro. Tingsboro. The, 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 his memorial oh, yeah, bench. Yeah, 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 more. Yeah, that's exactly so where he it was. has a. Talk so about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a nice um, in Tingsboro. I believe it's in like a little landing area. It's like a housing complex or yes. something like that. I believe that's where he or his family like grew up. Our apologies something for not like knowing that. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every year um, on the anniversary of his death or around the anniversary of his death. Um, a bunch of 125 Marines get together and honor King. Just we just hang out. We have a little barbecue. We throw some beers back. Throw some cigars on and just just talk about you know just talk about stuff and uh, right. and uh, it's always great seeing those guys. And I'm glad that you had the opportunity to go yeah. up there. I know some guys who go up there like every year. I can't always make can't it, do but that, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a great way. I had such a great time doing that and i was kind of nervous too because i was like i don't sure. you know i haven't been around some Absolutely. of these guys and you know what it was just like we never left off kind of like this this conversation here you never left off and you're grilling burgers and you're having a good time drinking some beers with people you care about mm -hmm. and, and that <clears throat> what's cool about the whole thing is it honors him you know and it like it's because of him we've had this experience right you know? and so it's like thank you 
yes. um, for not only your sacrifice, but for your memory is able mm-hmm. to, to bring us together. And you never know. Maybe one of those guys at that campground was like going to kill himself, you know, or not sure. feeling good, but right. getting around your brothers was like, okay, you know, kind of getting a chance to maybe share the, the feelings then. Right. Or make fun of Lily, you know, like either way. Um, <laughs> that comes with the territory. Yeah. And making fun of each other. Yeah, absolutely. You only make fun of people you like. You respect. Absolutely. Right. absolutely. If I don't like you, I'm not going to make fun of you, mm. which gets tough in the civilian world. Mm, yeah. Which, they don't always understand that. <laughs> no, no. Which, that's a great segue, though. Let's talk about that transition. Yes. Um, what was it like? You know, at what point did you did you get out, you know, and and what did you do when you got out? Well, um, shortly after we came home, that was basically like, it felt like such like a sprint. I don't know how it felt for you, but like, you know, doing the boot camp thing immediately into SOI, <laughs> smoking yourself out. Over smoking here. myself out of here. Yeah. I'm coughing. You know, and then going immediately into the deployment, it really allowed, it was just such like a high intensity experience. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're home. Yeah. And, and, and it's not like, oh, you're back home in Pendleton where you're going to spend another year and a half and then you're going to do another deployment. It was like, oh, no, you're back, literally back home. Back home, home. Home, home. Yeah. You know, as a service, I think we had a very unique experience in that way. It was definitely different, yeah. But um, I had a really hard time adjusting, man. Um, so I went to the VA, had, uh, you know, spoke with some people. Um, and you spoke about um, seeing the wizard towards the end of yes. our deployment. Yes. And I was pretty open about where you, and this is um, in Iraq too. We saw the wizard. Yes. Did you see the wizard in Iraq? And, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think this was the point where like we had like a few weeks left to go home and we all sat down like and individually saw a psychologist, psychologist, psychiatrist, right. whatever. Um, and I was pretty open. I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I saw some stuff that bothered me and, and things like that. And they're like, Oh, okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. When I got home, I had a very hard time processing and dealing with the things that we had experienced and found myself drinking a lot, yep. found myself uh, just gaining a ton of weight. I was totally out of shape and all the drills that we had kind of done post-deployment, I was just a slob, dude. I was <laughs> a slob, I dude. I was such a mess, man. I was drinking real hard. I had fallen out of a good fitness routine. And once I realized like where I was mentally, I kind of had to, I had to shift gears. So I ended up getting out early. Okay. Um, I, I was medically separated in 2009, um, which was two years earlier than my contract uh, because we, as a reservist, we do a six year contract. So I got out a couple of years early and just, that was such a huge relief for me to, not be triggered by that's going up to Devons to not be triggered by dude i was having panic attacks yeah. like on fucking hikes and shit like it was oh, really like yeah you're doing dude. some random bullshit hike at yeah Devin's dude and- like just having like fucking panic attacks and not understanding like what is going on with me right, right. now you don't even know what it is you're just right. feeling like panic yep. yeah yeah and 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 so then I, I I knew I had to do something to to change the course of my life, and it took several years right. trying to you know find a good um, you know a good VA doctor, trying to find a good therapist and stuff, and it, it took a lot of uh, in and out of the system, and then you know somewhere in like my mid twenties, I kind of started to realize that 
Um, I had to shift gears. I had to get myself better, had to get myself back into that mindset of, Hey, you know what? I need to make a new mission and I need to start attacking it. Yeah. I need to line things up in my life and approach them as they are a mission. You know, that's really cool. That's really cool. You know, you mentioned the wizard. I actually lied to the wizard. You did? Okay. Yeah. So we're in Iraq still. I'm still like, it was the worst time to talk to me. Um, and, and I know a lot of guys were like, tell them all sorts of fucked up stories and give you money. Mm-hmm. But I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to go to OCS. And I was still in like, you know, warrior mode or something. And mm-hmm. I'm, he's like, do you have anything to talk about? Do you see anything? I'm like, nope. Nope, nothing to say. Wow. I was to say, you wizard, like, I don't want anything in my record. Okay. I was worried about, like, my record. Mm-hmm. You know, can I go to a CS if I talk about this stuff? That's Probably true. Not. That's, that's a legitimate but, but concern. It's a Especially concern. Especially if you had a career in mind. Right. And I'd heard all about that. Like, you can use, lose your security clearance if you have PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, for better or worse, I was like, nope, I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it was a long time before I started talking to people. Um, it helped being like, okay, well, I don't want to go to OCS anymore. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe your record isn't that important. Um, but still it was, it was interesting. So I, I, I really applaud that you talked to him and I think that we all have different experiences. Like, um, I know there's guys out there that didn't say shit mm-hmm. and, you know, and then the problem for them is like opening up, but I'm glad you really able to start opening up as soon as possible. Uh, so you talk to the right person, they'll maybe clue you into what exactly is happening to you. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I think, um, I just had a lot of unsorted shit too, from like my teenage years, you know, sure. and that was stuff sure. that. So I were in the Marine Corps. We're like yeah, the crazy man. ones. Uncle Sam's misguided children. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. So uh, there was just a lot of shit that just kind of accumulated. And then, you know, being in a combat zone, seeing traumatic shit, seeing people get blown up, being in firefights and stuff. Um, was just super exhausting. Mentally, I felt very broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, I felt very broken up. You know, it's like I had a lot of um, bitterness. I was very, had a lot of frustration, anger, still deal with some of that yeah. with, with very underlying frustration and sure. anger issues. And I think um, as men, you know, as people that are filled with testosterone, like yeah. we have to have some kind of physical outlet. Yeah. You got to have some kind of yes. physical outlet, like yes. whether it's CrossFit, yoga, fucking running, uh, just lifting weights, whatever you got to do, you got to have some kind of a balance of that physical um, output yep. as well as mental stimulation and even spiritual stimulation. Yeah. And that shit can be whatever, you know, your mental stimulation can be pursue that higher education, get that certificate challenge. You need a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and, um, you know, with spiritual shit, you know, if you're religious, you know, get involved with your church group, um, uh, start meditating. Meditation has been huge for me. You know, I grew up very, um, with a religious background kind of fell out of it. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit more secular now, but I, definitely feel myself as somebody who is connected with God, who is yeah. connected with a higher power through meditation, through my own just kind of personal spiritual journey, finding God in my own way, because right. I think morality is a personal thing. I don't think morality should be stamped on other people. Um, I think morality is, is, is for the individual. Um, and when people have good moral compasses, they're usually not out there to try in um, make sure that other people are staying with that moral compass. They're just kind of helping to guide 
right the, the things that we can control are so few and far between <laughs> so right. it, with our own morality if we can control that then shit man like we got 90 percent of it is covered right for, so. for me it's like when you say that i feel like the spirituality like you know it chart your course there you know like instead of imposing the religion or something on someone mm -hmm. you know to your point you you whatever path you did to find god or to talk through the spiritual aspects but that, that's it that's important i mean it's interesting is you know if you would have had this conversation when we're in or mm. when we're still the boy we're like nah, hey pass you know, you know Torres is like pass me the chicken mre or something you know we maybe yeah. we're just uh, got that armor up and you know, the bravado or whatnot, but it's cool that we can talk about it afterward. You know, the spiritual side, I'm glad you brought that up. That's important. Absolutely. Um, but the physical side, like the, mm. the endorphins you get from working out, like mm -hmm. throw out some big words there. Endorphins. Like, <laughs> I can't spell that one either, but I can say it. That's good enough for me. Yep. Um, you know what it means. That's I know what cool. it means, right? <laughs> Even if you didn't know what it means, uh, I get endorphins. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, I think we take for granted all the, all the physical activity we were either doing or mandated to do, or mm -hmm. just kind of felt like it was a thing to do in the culture, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're on a de deployment or this or coming back the, the runs or the PT and all this stuff. And when I think about it now, it's like, Oh, that was almost like our physical counseling, you know, mm. get those endorphins. You're depressed, get the endorphins, you know, mm. don't eat pizza. Right. Yeah. I remember, you know, I remember that I have, a, I have a war on pizza. I love pizza, especially <laughs> Pizza Hut pizza. Why? Because it's mm. probably the worst for you. Um, and I remember feeling okay. And then I went to a birthday party with a bunch of little kids and take one of my kids there. And they had this Pizza Hut pizza. And I was like, I'm like, ah, uh, uh, you have one, turns into like nine. And <laughs> one slice turns into nine Yeah, it's just so good. Like whatever fake chemicals are in there, mm -hmm. they're just so good. Um, and then afterward, not only did I feel like shit, but I felt sad. I remember feeling sad <laughs> just in general. I'm like, man, I feel kind of depressed right now. Yeah, like, what's yeah. going on? So it just kind of reminds you that not only are the things you're eating could be affecting that, but, sure. but also um, at the time I was doing some, some, some lighter workouts and mm -hmm. you know, you got to find your own thing. For me, I was trying some yoga. There's a cool program called DDP. Yoga? Yes. Oh, I'm familiar. Oh, dude, familiar I want to try it. I want to try it. I haven't tried it, but I want to. Okay. Yeah. I'll that. show it to you. Uh, it's on it's my on, list. Uh, my, I don't have my phone on me, but it's on the app. And by the way, they have a military discount for DDP yoga. Oh, cool. If you email them, uh, it's something like four bucks or something. Uh, right. It's like basically free. Wait, wait, they don't take four bucks off. The whole thing is four bucks. It's like four it's bucks a, a month. Or, uh, it's something. Oh, it's, nice. it's, it's like an unwritten. It's not even, there's no clicking a button thing. You just email them. And, um, I was like, I emailed them they're like, okay. I'm like, do I need to like attach my DD 214 or something? Right, right. Like, like, no, we get, I put like a couple lines in there. Like, you know, you know, Marine or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, cool. They just like, cool. Take it face value. Um, so, um, what is the DDP yeah. program for the, those who are not aware? So go back to the old school WWF wrestling mm -hmm. days, right? Uh, diamond Dallas page. And I came up uh old uh, old school wrestling but it was like the rock was like the guy the okay. undertaker the rock yep. um and so this was ddp was a little bit before my time mm -hmm. uh but basically a wrestler who had gotten really strung out in life and you know it's interesting wrestling has an interesting parallel to the military because they're in the ring and they call it fake or entertainment or they're getting their ass kicked yeah. right so yep. they're constantly on pain meds and whether they're good ones or bad ones, but there's stories where they're just in the back room and they're like, what do you want? 
and they'll just give them as many as whatever they want. So they're getting addicted to things. Yep. So Diamond Dallas Page got addicted to things afterward. And also if you think about the mission, right? They have this show, they're in front of thousands of people. Mm. And then, then after that, they're done that, their body hurts and they don't have anything fulfilling, right? And so um, DDP was like, man, th- he, was, he was cruising for just, you know, probably just ta- ending it all. And so he, he kind of found yoga and started working it. And so, you know, my experience with yoga prior to this was like going to the Y and trying some yoga there. Mm-hmm. And there's like one guy, but he's super limber. And then there's like 90 women there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like I'm like the guy with no flexibility. So I'm like trying to do yoga in the back and I, you yeah. know, I can't quite, you know, you're falling over and everything, but I'm like, I feel like this is giving me something. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the DDP yoga, it's like, it's almost like tough guy yoga or like badass yoga where instead of calling like the, um, the warrior pose, it's like the road warrior pose. So they give like cool <laughs> names and stuff. Yeah. And, and, but what was cool is, uh, DDP got himself all cleared up and, and healthy and fixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started helping people around him. And he found his next mission. Because you bring up your next mission, you got to find the next mission. For mm-hmm. him, it was helping his brothers around him, mm-hmm. fellow wrestlers who had, who had guided him when he first got in there, who were now also strung out, right. addicted to pain meds, whatnot. And so, and not the specimens that they used to be. Not that at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, there's a cool documentary um, about uh, Jake the Snake. Do you remember that guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake the Snake with real friggin' snake and he, he he talks to say about how to have it bite people mm-hmm. and yep. and um jake the snake was in bad shape and there's a documentary uh definitely want to check it out have, have you seen it uh i haven't it's called resurrection of jake the snake okay no it's on itunes it's 100 100 worth it um just a couple bucks too yeah i love that stuff uh, yeah. jake the snake he's strung out he's alcoholic at this point he's on addicted to pain meds they don't even help he can't move. He's mm-hmm. like stuck in a chair mm-hmm. and he's in so banged up backwards. Yeah, yeah. Backwards home in Georgia somewhere. And, um, GDP hears about it, emails him. He's like, Hey man, like Jake, the snake actually helped page. Um, when he first got into wrestling, he was almost like the King where it was like, Hey man, welcome. Yeah. Here are the ropes. The mentor. This is how you do these yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and this is how this all works. And so he remembered that. He's like, look, you helped me. Let me help you. Mm. And this documentary goes through this process. Is how, and you know, thanks. You know, Jake was like, okay, I'll try it. Why not? Yeah. And he starts doing this yoga. And, it's, and what's cool about this program is um, DDP created it so that you can start with zero. Like, yeah. like and us sitting up in these chairs, not even zero. They have levels. The level starts at you're in bed. You can't get out of bed. Yeah. Let's work out. This is made for people who are, and, and I love the video. There is um, a former, mm. I don't know his name. I'm, I'm sorry. He's airborne, right? Yes. He was a former airborne guy whose back and legs were just jacked. Jacked he up. He was enormous. Yeah. And throughout the course of, dude, when I watched that, like, you know, uh, that video that they put together, that DDP uh, the yoga program put together of his transformation. Dude, I was moved to tears, man. Yeah, this it, guy basically can't move. And eventually at the end, spoiler, he's uh, doing a headstand with no hands. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, like on his head. And he's running. He couldn't walk yep. without crutches. And then he's like mm-hmm. doing a headstand. He's like, so is this kind of thing, but for Jake the Snake in this documentary. And the guy, the guy had some relapses, man. He, he wanted to drink some more alcohol and do all this stuff. But mm-hmm. This program gets them through it. So you start out, um, you don't have to do that phase, but you know, if you need to, in bed, get a workout in. Um, 
and there's chair force. It, it gets you to, uh, uh, if you, you can only sit in chair. Okay. So how do you work out if you can only sit in a chair? And then it's like, okay, how do you stand up oh, with a chair supported? Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's like the basic level green. And that's where I started that or whatnot. Okay. Cause I could at least stand up. Right. Um, right. Um, but it, what, what really inspired me was that there were levels below that, like that this guy did. Um, and so really cool program it's on an app and it basically, it gives you a little kick in the pants cause it's like every day or every other day there's a program mm-hmm. and maybe it's only like 15 minutes, but, um, it'd be enough to break out in a sweat. You wear a heart monitor. So that way you can't kind of like cheat yourself. You, and the goal is to get to a certain zone, a range, yep. certain zone. Yep. And if you're not in that zone, you're, you're cheese dicking it, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you're totally <laughs> cheating yourself. And mm-hmm. so, it, but, but it's okay. And you, like just do it and then you start and you stay with it you stay with it and everything you do gets you little points nice. and eventually you get, you get like a free t-shirt or something but anyway it's a it reward system bunch yeah. of months i noticed my flexibility was crazy you do these before after photos uh it's good shit man so that ddp is is it the other thing i found different people different things right so yep. yoga got me some flexibility um but uh and then it gets hard fast so not just the green level there's some things in there like this 15 or 10 minute ab workout that just breaks you yeah and that breaking you reminds me of the marine corps reminds me of things like crossfit yep where it's just like you need to get broke off a little bit like that because then you're flooded with all these happy endorphins of like you just did something yeah yeah Um, yeah and and not only the the chemical uh intoxication of the endorphins and all that stuff but also the fact that like when you're done with that, you're like, whew, I can do this still. Yeah. I can still be that, yeah. that mofo that I was when I was you yeah. know, in the Marine Corps hauling ammo and weapons. Yeah. And hauling stuff. the 81, the 50-pound yep. bullshit, you yep. know, the ammo and all that shit. Right. Um, but it's also helpful for the back problems too. I know just like carrying body armor, you know, sitting in that all day, sometimes the lower back issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of those went away for me. So it was Good. one of those things where – you just got to try something out and do something. But it, it was cool. The GDP, you know, he, his, you could even see his next mission is just helping people, you know, right. you know, so that was really good. So, okay. So you're going back to your story, right? So you have these troubling times. Did you, did you find that next mission? Did, what, what did you, did you eventually, you know, get a job or how did you go from being like, man, I don't need to do anything. You probably get some money from the government and you're like, ah, you know, what do you want to do? Did you get back into a, I know you're in TV now and all these things. How did, how did all that connect? Yeah. So I, I, I knew that my first mission would be to go back to school or to cool. start, to start school. So I got my associate's degree pretty quickly. Okay. Um, in 2009, I got my associates in uh, video and audio production and then uh, struggled a bit more and then went back to school more and got my bachelor's degree in digital media uh, uh, Digital recording arts is the is the degree. So That's I have cool. I have a couple degrees that are geared towards Hell what yeah, I man. what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so I found that mission, and then from there, well, hold on a second. So you use the GI Bill for that? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So it's almost like if you don't know what that next mission is, like you know, I don't want to like you know save puppies or something or rescue people in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as just go back, go to school. You right. know, use that free govy money. <sighs> Absolutely. And, um, and even if you're not sure, sometimes those survey courses, you know, a little course here, a little course in, I did one like music history. Oh, nice. Um, but like just exposes you to stuff, you know, and then maybe you don't know what your passion is in life, you know, after you've gotten out. Uh, but I, I like the idea of going back to school. Someone else is paying for it. Might as well take advantage of it. You paid for it by 
by joining. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of that. What, what made you pick television and media? Uh, it was something that I always wanted to do. I didn't ever want to be, I wanted to be involved with, with technical stuff. Yeah. I always had kind of a, a, a hand in computers and stuff like sure. that. Um, I've always been very tech savvy. So I wanted to blend that with my, um, my skills and my vision as an artist as nice. well. So nice. it was a real nice yeah. way for me to balance uh, those two things, the technical aspect plus like creativity and stuff. And uh, I did, um, I've done uh, gigs as a camera operator for um, uh, hockey venues, uh, baseball venues. Um, I, I love uh, hockey games and Hell stuff yeah. like that. So Bruins. Yeah. Uh, good luck on the, the Saturday's uh, uh, game against uh, CBJ. Uh, that's going to be happening. I think game. Uh, Who's game CBJ? Jets? Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets. Yep. These expansion teams blow my mind, man. I'm old. I can't keep up. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There was going to be another one actually on the West Coast. They're they're doing one in Seattle. Jeez. Yeah. So That's I love cool. I love hockey. Um, I've kind of done my my gigs as a as a videographer. I did some uh, freelancing stuff, just kind of like uh, traveling around the country, helping out with. Um, with um, freelance dance photography. It was paying there the bills at the time. I was kind of struggling and stuff, but, yeah. but it helped to, you know, keep food on my plate, keep, yep. keep the bills paid and everything. <clears throat> um, and then I uh, had a, a, a year long contract uh, at Hasbro toys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Doing what? Making toys? You like Willy Wonka? No, no. I was helping out in their um in their uh, video production really industry. Yeah. Okay. So I cut my hands on a couple of uh, toy commercials. I also helped out wow. with some of like their sizzle reels and stuff for like their New York Toy Fair. Huh. Um, so like some of the videos that I worked on would be shown at you know toy fairs and events and stuff like that. Wow. So that was really cool, and it kind of that showed me that I didn't really want to be in like the corporate world <laughs> because it felt very yeah. as cool as Hasbro is. And like, I love like toys and transformers and stuff like that. But as cool as, as that was, that was very much like a corporate grind. Right. Um, but now I've been uh, with public access, the public access station in, in Taunton mass right. for about four years now. Okay. And I love it. I think it's, it's fantastic. I'm the host of a veterans oriented uh, television show. Um, as a member of the Disabled American Veterans, um, I got very involved with them. Okay. Um, and the chapter in Taunton has had a television program for like years now. Wow. It's, it's almost like a decade, I'm pretty sure. We're up to about 122 episodes now. Jeez. And I've had my hands in that for the last, uh, you know, since I've been with TCAM. So I just kind of uh, got into this position where I was a, uh, uh, volunteering quite a bit for the Disabled American Veterans Chapter 57. What is that about? Like I, I've heard about that, but I don't really know much about it. Sure. So the DAV, along with the other um, big six organizations, um, VFW, American Legion, AMVETS, et cetera, et cetera, they are all, um, they have a lot of legislative power. Okay. So they have the ability to... Um, influence um legislators um you know our our chapter is very co well connected with our local state representative okay um our local state representative shauna o'connell is actually helping um push shauna shauna o'connell you're out there well, shout no. out to you um she's fantastic she works very well um and very closely with our veterans organizations awesome. in taunton 
Um, so it's just, there's, there's pulp. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, so the DAV in Taunton is, it's, we're close to like 650 members. Jeez. Uh, the active member group is, is very small. We're probably less than like, you know, 40 members are, are very active, but um, it's allowed me to give back um, in that aspect. I work with other veterans and many of them are Vietnam era veterans. And I'm sure like you, I look up to Vietnam era veterans with oh, like yeah. the utmost respect because 100%. those people came 100%. back yeah. and were treated like garbage, garbage. Yeah. even by their own veteran brothers, dude, yeah, like world bullshit. war II people were, were spitting on those people that's just as bullshit. much as, just as much when, you know, when you, when you think of uh, Vietnam vets getting spat on, they were getting treated like shit by their fellow veterans too, because that war was not looked at very in, in very high regard. Right. So um, Vietnam vets really changed the landscape for us, our generation mm -hmm. coming home. Right. So I feel um, very um, fulfilled working with these guys. And um, it's been a, a great opportunity for me to kind of give back to the, the, the community that I work in. Taunton yeah. has kind of become a second home for me. I love the city. It's, it's fantastic. The people there, I think, really care about their veterans. There's a lot of great um, monuments around the city um, that like we're involved with, with like Memorial Days coming up. We're going to be doing a nice parade. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm going to be covering that at my job and stuff. So working in public access and also working very closely with veterans organizations is super fulfilling to me, man. So I'm able to take my job mm -hmm. in television and, and, and use it in, as a, as a phil, uh, in like a philanthropic aspect. Right, right. No, that's, that's cool. You have a, you know, a passion for the video and the, and the production and the show mm -hmm. and you know, kind of like what we're doing. And before we even got here, you were giving me some, we were talking about tips on how to, how to do this and adjust the camera and the lighting. So mm -hmm. this lighting is brought to you by Mr. Fortier right here. <laughs> the sunlight and Ben Fortier right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's cool that, you know, a passion for that kind of thing and an expertise really. You could tell obviously you know, um, good at it. I take it seriously. Yeah. I take it seriously. I, I, I want, I want content to look good. I want it to sound good. Um, so, you know, any, uh, you know, when you and Mark were talking, you guys were talking about, you know, one of the things that the Marine Corps teaches us is if you're going to do something, go all in, right. You know, don't just half-ass it because you're not only cheating yourself, but you're cheating the people around you too. Right. So I've taken that, um, that mindset and I try to bring it into everything that I do, but obviously, you know, video and audio is my thing. So, yeah. But then, but then uniting that with helping other people, mm. you know, and you said like you were really fulfilled and I could tell like your voice was even like you, like you get something out of it. And it's so true. I think, you know, back to like, you know, you're on some run and it's bullshit and you're about broke off and you're going to die. And then you look over to someone else. You're like, Hey man, we're almost there you know, um, and, and kind of encouraging someone else just momentarily helps you forget about your own thing, yep. but it just feels good. So that's cool. You're able to bridge that, the TV with like a cause, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So I so, wanted to get away from that corporate type of grind. And, yeah. Public, and, pu sounds like public TV is like a little bit of a, you get the, you get the company, but at the same time, it's not as, uh, you know, that corporate cubicle kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're a not-for-profit, we have, uh, guidelines we can't really help out commercial uh adventures and stuff if somebody was to come on to 
uh, if somebody was to come to our station and say, oh, hey, I have this product that I want to advertise, we can't, we can't help them. <laughs> right. We, we can't help them. You've got to be a not-for-profit or, you know, something like that. And the DAB is a not-for-profit. So right. we're there just to, to help facilitate veterans, but also to bridge kind of the gap between uh, the military and civilian side. So I'll, right. have, uh, I'll have experts come in. I'll have people who are way smarter than me come on to the show Hell and yeah. talk about what's going on. I had a very, um, very, very smart um, suicidologist come on to the program really? a couple months ago. Okay. We had a fantastic conversation. And I think, um, you know, we talked about stuff that I think some people just are kind of afraid to touch upon. Yeah. Like veterans and using their firearms to, to kill themselves right. and stuff. And I think that's something that not a lot of people probably want to acknowledge, acknowledge or address. But that's, or that's a fucking up. issue. That's yeah. a fucking problem that we, we love guns. Raise. And then at the same time, those guns can be there in the moment of weakness. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good thing. Absolutely. Um, is this show something you can see on the web or is it kind of like you got to be in mass to see it or? Yep. So we do put our uh, programs on a, a Vimeo uh, video hostings website oh, called shit. Vimeo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Vimeo. it's called uh, the 57 show is the name of the program. Um, the 57 show. Yep. And that's named okay. after the chapter, the DAV chapters is chapter 57. That's cool, man. We'll definitely put a link in the show notes for this show to that Great. for sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen one episode of that. I want to see more. Now you mentioned the, the, uh, some of the psychologists and whatnot on there. Um, but the one I saw was awesome. I mean, you, you just had like, there's you and I think three other people. You're just having conversations like this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that might have been the 125 Association. I think so. One. I think that yeah. was the, yeah, that was the one. So that's another organization that I've uh, I've kind of been shifting gears a little bit from the DAV. Um, I've been the commander there for about two years oh, now. Oh, shit. I didn't even know. Did I, did I salute you? Mm, you might want to. Might want to. <laughs> No, that's, Fix that's my gig line. Yeah, right. So, so that's been a cool opportunity and experience for me just to kind of learn how to, and, and I'm a pretty good moderator. I feel like I've always kind of, as, as a middle child, yeah. I, I think no, I'm great at that. I'm very objective. I, I think uh, I've always been kind of a good ref. So being a commander position, um, I've learned how to, I've relearned how to delegate. Okay. I've had to, um, hmm. you know, learn how to just get uh, better at um, being in front of people who are yeah. all riled up and fired up. And but I have we as an organization, we have a mission. We got to focus on that. So all these people in the back that are talking about whatever they're talking about might not be right. relevant at all. So it's like, hey, guys, we got to shift gears or whatever. So it's been a real cool learning experience for me. And wow. I love the camaraderie, man. The camaraderie yeah. is fantastic. I meet people that I've never even served with. And you immediately feel like they're your brother, they're your sister, just because of your shared that bond, experiences. Yeah. Absolutely. So you brought some stuff. They're over here on the side. What, did. what, did, you, uh, what did you bring? <laughs> So this is a this is a poem uh, poetry anthology uh, collection that I uh, picked up uh, actually just ordered the other day came in very quickly. Um, poet warriors herein include Leo Jenkins, David Rose, Justin Egan, Nick Missiano, Jonathan Baxter, Marty Scovlin Jr., Tyler James Corral, Keith Dow, Vincent Vargas, and many many more. Um, this, what's it called what's the book called this is called in love and war the anthology of poet warriors um so Whoa. a lot of these guys are actually um they're self-published authors and stuff and it's just a collection of poems and um yeah, take take a look. yeah um so that's by dead reckoning company they're the publishing company and this is actually 
Um, Justin Egan um, is a combat uh, engineer who spent some time in uh, Afghanistan uh, clearing routes on foot. Well, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm already in the, the poetry book. I, one line, give me battle and wild war for the sake of the barbaric fight. Oof, I love that, dude. It's fantastic. I need, to, I need to grab this one. Yeah, so, yeah that's cool. So um, poetry has been a very healing experience for me personally. Cool. Um, and reading other um, warriors who have, uh, yeah. who have that same um, idea that poetry ain't dead. We can use poetry. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's like to- wearing pink. Please. Yeah. Right. Whatever. <laughs> so we can use poetry to, as we were saying earlier, um, to process all that bullshit that yeah. we that we walked away from, that we realize that are, are still in the, the recesses of our mind, dude, and that we don't realize that are still there until it's three a.m. and you're buzzing hard, and all of a sudden here's like this floodgate of memories you right. didn't even mean to open it up, right. but here's all of a sudden this bullshit that just comes pouring in you know and those are demons kicking down the door hard right you know so um for me personally hold on what was it that what was that one called okay yep that's uh one thing at a time here this is called outside the wire it's a u.s marines collection of combat poems and short stories and this is by justin egan justin Um, is he marine he was a marine yep uh he was the guy who did uh who route clearance uh, as a combat engineer and some of the here just read that one like some of these are very just quick at whatever one you want under stress seasoned veterans in salt covered uniforms perform under stress boom that's 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 a whole poem i love it it's it's fantastic we just talked about the salt covered uniforms Mm -hmm. too never you sweep left sweep right running low on batteries never sweep at night wow cool this is cool man cool stuff and i love that there's a whole there's a it's it's a small, it's a niche little group, but yeah. I mean, it seems like a tight group and I'm just kind of getting myself into this and hopefully this podcast will kind of uh, reignite them. Reignite. Yeah. Something. Maybe yeah. get these guys yeah, yeah. on here or something like that. And this is last, last but not here. least. I this see is, a name on that that I recognize. Yes. This is my first release. This was actually released in 2009 and I slept on this for quite a bit. I didn't like do any advertisements. Okay. This is a self-published book that I designed the cover for did you know made the the documents and everything like that and then just kind of uploaded oh, it onto that's yours you can oh please, thank please you keep that yeah because i was gonna say i feel like an asshole because i didn't even know you wrote this yeah um, man that, that dude, was, dude you have a barcode in the back dude, and everything an isbn and everything dude, you're legit so is this something is this on amazon it is on amazon Holy so you can shit. find you can find okay, it's called the silent whispers of omens mm-hmm that's a great title. It's man. dark, man. There's a it's lot dark. of dark stuff in there. My poetry yeah. is a confrontation. It's not an escape. It's a, it's whoa, a way whoa, whoa. for me. Say it again. It's a, my poetry is a confrontation, not an escape. Oh, wow, dude. That, that's, it's so true because sometimes we, you know, talking about, talking about things can, can suck, but that's important. Just like yeah. all the training we did the suckier the training the more effective it probably right. was yeah so it's a conflict not that's really cool man yeah man so it's um some of that stuff was written when i was just a you know a teenager and, and it's very immature um i didn't really nah, do a whole lot of editing it, i didn't do a whole lot of editing fuck but, editing um, <laughs> it's been 40 years you so need no is, editing one shot won't kill me. right right so this is my first book and i actually just just released the new book i was hoping to get really? a copy of it today but it didn't come in in time and that one's called stones of the wooded valley it's Jeez. another poetry collection very much uh so i got 
um, digital versions available and I also have print versions available. Um, Stones of the Wooded Valley is again, it's another collection of poems that are just, they're confrontational. They're confrontational with grief. They're confrontational right. with loss, with right. mental exhaustion, with, with having moments of uh, emotional distress. Um, so poetry for me has just been such a huge, um, important healing a uh, aspect of, of my life. And it's great to see other warriors that are, are taking um, a, a similar course and a similar journey right. and finding, uh, you know, their voice through poetry. And, you know, reading it can for sure bring up those thoughts and confrontations and you know you're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. But I bet writing it, you know, we talk about you know, poetry or whatever kind of writing. I bet writing this was like, you before you started this versus you after you finished writing this and the one you just did, mm -hmm. I bet you even experienced some healing just from writing these. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, there's one, I just want to read a sentence here if yeah. it's okay with you. Uh, so it's called into the mouth of hell, a ring of fire slipped around your finger face plant into a world of death chance and a foreign tongues pray a curse and you've entered another dimension. I, I remember just, hearing those you know calls to worship mm -hmm. at like mm -hmm. five in the morning being like fuck what is this yeah what why, is this, why are we man? here right and, now and man. praying a curse oftentimes it was praying a curse man absolutely yeah because sometimes they would uh come over the loudspeakers and would like, be calling us out yeah or, americans you know, over here go attack them there right yeah yeah wow so, legit thanks man yeah, yeah no, that's really cool i'm definitely gonna read that um, if I can keep that great, otherwise Please. everyone else, Amazon, we'll definitely link to it in the show notes um, and get that even just to, I mean, read that and, and experience that, but also maybe encourage other people to uh, try some writing. Yes. Writing, painting, I don't give a shit, something, yep. you know, whatever you can do to express yourself, yes. you know? Yeah. I think especially with men, I think it's, uh, it's, oh, I don't want to paint. Yeah. I don't want you know, right. write poetry. It takes some like coaxing, that. right? Yeah, yeah, man. I think it's, uh, the arts are super accessible. The arts are super important too because we are creative beings, man. Right. The thing that sets us apart from the other mammals is that we have the ability to use our imagination and create in the real world. You know, whether it's engineering, building bridges, uh, building skyscrapers, building cars, designing code, making robots. Like, yeah, whatever you we think. We are creative humans. And I think um, all the arts should be completely accessible to anyone. Like, who cares if it sucks? Just draw something. Yeah. Just paint something. Pick up a guitar, you know. Fiddle around. Diddle with it, you know. Try music com composition and stuff. I think that stuff is, uh, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, the trifecta of, you know, finding mental, spiritual, and physical outlets. Right, outlets, yeah. And I think, you know, the arts can very much cover your mental and spiritual outlets. 100%. Yeah. If you do it while uh, riding a bike, now you got all three. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Well, this has been great. I'm so glad we finally connected. I know, man. We just, we vanquished these Russian cigars, yeah. uh, books I didn't even know existed. I'm a whole even aspect I hadn't even thought about poetry and war. Like I don't even like watching movies. Some of the movies in terms of like war movies, I'm just like, ah, it's a little bit like too realistic. But mm -hmm. then poetry, I could see it's like a, it's a controlled way of experiencing mm -hmm. those emotions yep. without the Hollywood drama on it. Right. So that's really cool. Right. And it feels just so much more real when you read things uh, in, 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 in the, um, 
in this anthology here uh, in love and war love and poetry war? um this is that was like written by like a if you look into like the bios of, of those guys it's like army rangers uh, army medics um wow. sf dudes like yeah. very it's a wide range of experiences. Oh, okay a lot of different guys yeah so you're gonna be able to find something that will mm -hmm. speak to you absolutely so i'm looking at the cover i just now get it there's two hands mm -hmm. and i think one's holding a heart yep and one's holding a grenade, a grenade. yep hell yep. yeah yep. and then you got like some people on the bottom and it looks like uh it's like there's a horizon thing going on and then you have a couple stick figures holding hands and then you have a little stick figure over here that is uh has a rifle this guy's in like a ready pr like a kneeling ready position yeah, kneeling. and this guy's got a rifle so it's 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 these people are, are, are writing this stuff mainly for veterans yeah. um, to get them to like you said to to pick up a book and, and and realize wow like I can find power in this I can find healing in this and um, I'd love to think that this stuff is just way more accessible than it might have been you know 15 years ago or something hell yeah it's published on Amazon man it's on Amazon it's real mm -hmm. so that's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, man, I've just been doing um, writing. I've been doing photography. I've been working, um, you know, uh, and uh, that's kind of my mission right now in my life is to do stuff like this, these podcasts and stuff. All I right. want to uh, continue putting content out there. I want to continue to have our voice be heard as right. as global war and terror veterans. Right. Um, and just to kind of keep the flag going, man, keep the banner waving and, and making sure that we are honoring the men that we served with that didn't come home and right. we're honoring their families and in, in, in their name, you know, in a positive way. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Uh, this has been good. This has been the time has flown by, man. I don't even, I by. didn't even look at the clock yeah. or anything. We, we are planning to take notes this whole yeah, time. Yeah, No, I didn't. Hell I was no. Like, no, too much, too much. <laughs> but, uh, and, and obviously have you come back on here and, uh, talk more and, and, uh, we've been talked about, you know, getting uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll interview somebody else and put them in the in the hot seat in the middle, and we can mm -hmm. we can interview them about that. But uh, this has been great, man. We're it's my ties and sushi next. So yeah, man. I got a, I got up. an appetite now. So I know it's all It's getting cold in here too. I'm like starting to get cold. Yeah. So uh, this has been good. So uh, for everyone out there, this has been cigars with Marines. If you uh, if any of this stuff resonated with you, or uh, think about who you could share this with, right? You know, there's somebody out there. You know, so many times we put stuff on Facebook like, oh, don't forget veterans or veteran suicide hotline. But that, that, those shares are uh, nice, I guess. But it's it's reaching out to the guy your left, the guy on your right and being like, hey, man. So whether it's this, you know, get them this episode because there's all sorts of things like there's this book, there's this TV show that Ben's running, like all these different things. So whatever their, their poison is, they don't have to look at our ugly faces on this thing. They could look at, they could read the poetry. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, share this with other people. So it doesn't just, you know, it doesn't just stop with whoever we're listening to now. And then also that way you get a chance to then, you know, that could be a mini mission for you. It's just to help somebody else out. Don't, not 30 people, just one person. You know, who's that mm -hmm. one person you can share this with? Um, and yeah, it's awesome. a wrap. Let's You've been listening to Cigars with Marines with Ben Fortier and Casey Cheshire. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you on the next one.